What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I am your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside my co-hosts, Jack Manis and Andrew Schreffler. Welcome back, folks. Today is the second installment of our draft recap series. We did the AFC last week. We're talking about the NFC today. Uh, A lot of interesting stuff, clearly. I mean, that was a long episode with the AFC. Uh, we'll try to keep it to five minutes, but we say that every single time, and we seem to not follow our own rules, but we'll we'll see. We'll try our best. Uh, I feel like the draft was so long ago at this point, but it, you know it's still relevant to talk about, so we're going to discuss these teams. Um, schedule release tomorrow, too, or Thursday, I mean. Leaks will probably come out tomorrow, so exciting time in the NFL world, guys. Yeah. I'm so excited for Thursday. When I heard the news, the reports that it may not be ready by Thursday, I was getting mad. But yeah, I think we're good for Thursday. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, I I think there. It, I don't know how much I believe her, but it seems like uh, Mrs. Kelsey might have might have leaked a few things about the about the Eagle schedule. So I, I, follow, I follow these uh, two Twitter accounts. I'll shout mm. them out. It's Nerding on NFL and Aussie NFL. And they are the two most reputable schedule leak accounts on Twitter. If anyone's interested, I'm I'm all over schedule leak Twitter. Do you have shout out some uh, schedule leak Twitter accounts that are not reputable? (laughs) Uh, I mean, pretty much any. If you see any account that joined Twitter this month, don't don't believe it. These 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 guys are legit. Uh, They've been doing it for years. They have a whole giant spreadsheet, like. They even tweet in the off season when they get like any type of inkling of anything related to the schedule. So they're like all dedicated and I love it. Uh, so yeah, definitely give them a follow and I'm, I'm probably gonna have post notifications on for them over the next two days, but they've been saying how, you know, usually by this time, two days before we start to get something. I did think that. Yeah. We've got absolutely nothing so far. So I don't know if that's intentional by the NFL that they're keeping it more airtight and not let le- letting it leak. And it's I mean, fun, we love the leaks. Yeah. I mean, last year though, there was like 80% of the schedule out by the time they actually did it. So maybe right. they're trying to like keep it to less than that, but we'll see. Um, yeah. Um, if that's, the, I, if that's the case, if they're, I, I would be fine with less leaks cause that would make the actual time more riveting. Cause we really wouldn't know, but 
Um, but anyway, follow those accounts if anyone's interested in it. Yeah. All I'll say is you guys can thank uh, you guys can thank Donna Kelsey if it's Eagles Chiefs week two. Yeah. Also, I heard uh, there's the, the Royals and the Chiefs can't host at the same time due to parking parking uh, conflicts because I guess they share a space or some of the spaces. And the Royals have a two o'clock game that time. Mm. And there's also a Beyonce concert the next day. So it can't be a Monday night. So rumor has it, if Mrs. Kelsey is correct, it has to be a Sunday night football game. Oh, and the chiefs are hosting. Yes. Mm -hmm. So if she's correct, we could be looking at, uh, Eagles chiefs Sunday night football week too, but not confirmed. Just the rumor. Anyway, that's not what today's episode is about. And I already broke my rule of, uh, keeping it uh you know regimented and scheduled to five minutes per team because uh we're about five minutes in we haven't even talked about the teams yet so let's get started let's just not uh, let's try to make it a goal to not go any on any awesome Eckler tangents tonight yes i mean they could happen That'll be very, that, that that should be hard to do considering we're talking about the nfc teams maybe it'll come up there's ways to get there we'll find it there is always a way but Let's get into it. Let's start with the NFC North. I have the Packers up here first. Uh, they had a lot of picks. First round pick, Lucas Van Nest, uh, edge rusher out of Iowa, 13th overall. Uh, then they get a lot of uh, skill position help in the second and third round. They go double tight end. They get Musgrave out of Oregon State in the second. Tucker Craft in the third. They also pick up Jaden Reed out of Michigan State, wide receiver in the second. And then from there... Uh, I'll, re- I'll just I won't read off everyone. I'll read off some notables. Uh, Carl Brooks, defensive end in the sixth. Sean Clifford, quarterback in the fifth. Don't know how he got um, That's pretty much everyone I can see that's notable here. But uh, yeah, what are your guys' initial thoughts here on on the Packers draft? Uh, I'll start. I was really hoping they'd go wide receiver first round to stick it to Rogers. I thought that'd be really funny. Uh, however, they went was we sorry. You re- Reed was a second rounder, though, right? Yeah, Their second was. second rounder, yes. Right, they had two second rounders, which they spent on two pass catchers, Musgrave and uh, Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed was a prospect that I looked into a little bit uh, prior to the draft. Uh, he's interesting. I feel like he's a little small, which you know you'd think that lack of size is a turnoff for an NFL player, but the league is becoming smaller. Like it's, it's not, it's, it's, uh, not necessarily just like bigger guys always prevail and are, have fine success in the league. The league NFL is becoming smaller and faster. So maybe size isn't as much of lack of size. Isn't as much of a red flag as it used to be. Um, so I think he can add an interesting uh, dynamic to the offense alongside Watson. Uh, I guess he probably, do you think he already catapults Romeo Dubs as a second receiver on this team? On the depth chart here, they have uh, Watson and Romeo Dobbs uh, slotted on the outside, and they have Jade Reed in the slot. Um, but it's, was. it's really thin behind them. I mean, these yeah. names... Samore Torre, Grant DeBow, and Devontae Wicks. Right. Bo Melton, Rutgers guy. 
Like it's really, really thin. So they're going to need him to actually be a, a decent contributor right from the get go. And that's what makes me think that Luke Musgrave, who they spent their first second round pick on, is going to be involved earlier than a tight end typically would. Um, I did just draft him in our Dynasty League rookie draft, so that was some intrigue there. Um, I don't know. A lot of it still just relies on uh, Jordan Love and the unknown that he provides. It's an interesting situation. I know he just got a uh, extension, kind of. They yeah, declined so they, like, his they they fifth like year. His money, I think, kind of. They upped his guaranteed money or something. It was something. I forget exactly what it was. They, well, it's still less than what he would have gotten if they if they exercised his fifth year option because they didn't want to pay. I mean, the fifth year money is like, what is it? Isn't it like the average of at your position of the top five or something? I don't know. Yeah, it would have been a lot of money. To how like the the franchise tag works? In terms right. Of- yeah, and Gudikun said like that's a lot of money to pay someone who hasn't played. However, we're still committed to him being our future. So it's like a weird situation. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what, what's going to happen, how he's going to play. Um, real, I don't know. real quick. I'll, I'll kick it to, to you guys on. Yeah, what, Mitchell? I was going to say, real quick, um, just to kind of keep us on schedule here, I wanted to just get a quick word before we talk. Um, excuse me, on Lucas Van Ness, the pick at 13. Oh, um, right. I didn't even say that. What do you guys think about that? Um, I'm I'm okay with it. I mean, it, it's one of those things where, like, if I'm in their position, I'm not doing that. But, like, this is the Packers, and we know how they've operated for years and years in terms of their first-round selections outside of, like, the Jordan Love pick. Like, they they love going to the D-line. They love the D-line. And they took D-line. And, I mean, I feel like we talked about it. He's obviously a, a huge project, but... This is, uh, I don't know, like Rashawn Gary's there. I, I think there's some good guys that he can learn from. And, yeah, I'm okay with it. When they when they originally made the Rodgers trade and they they flipped those first, I was pretty convinced that they that maybe they were going to go up and try to get Smith and Jigba. Obviously, he fell much further than that. And I once they didn't go past catcher, I realized how they were operating here. But, yeah, overall, I'm, I don't love the Van Ness pick, but I'm not surprised by it. And I, I think out of all landing places, it... it It'll work out there for him, I think. Okay. Very nice. Yeah, I kind of in the similar boat. I didn't love it at 13. I would have probably preferred to have him in in the later teens or 20s. So, yeah. We move on to Minnesota here. They had far less picks than Green Bay, so I guess I could read all of them off. Uh, most notably, they take Jordan Addison, formerly of Pitt and USC. At 24th overall, they get a Makai Blackman, corner from USC as well, in the third. Uh, then they go two LSU defenders, Jay Ward, uh, safety in the fourth, and uh, Jaqueline Roy, defensive tackle in the fifth. They get Jaron Hall, the quarterback from BYU in the fifth as well. And they get Dwayne McBride from UAB, the running back, which is definitely interesting. I guess maybe we can start from the bottom and work our way up. Um, you know, there was rumors of them. There still are rumors of them trading Dalvin Cook. And, you know, they only have Alexander Madison behind him pretty much. I know I think he signed a two-year deal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, So there were some rumors of them potentially addressing the running back position earlier on in the draft. They decided just to go with McBride in the seventh there. Um, 
any thoughts on that whole their running back room as a whole? It reminds me of a of another situation in Los Angeles with a running back who who maybe wants to be traded. Uh, Austin Eckler. Oh God, there it is. There's the segue. <laughs> Come on, boys. <laughs> we got we got we'll to gotta squash that bug right now. We can't yeah, we can't well, do it two episodes in a row. We're we're getting right out of the way. But I yeah, I, like you said, I if these rumors of him maybe being gone really Archer, I'm surprised they they waited this long. But I mean McBride, I with how like quickly some of those running backs went in the mid rounds. I mean, obviously some of them ended up falling further, but I, I thought McBride was going to be one of those guys that would have been in that like fifth ish round conversation there. So I feel like that's good value for them. I, I like it, but if Dalvin's gone, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if McBride and Madison are quite the duo that you exactly would want to have in that backfield, but serviceable. Yeah, that's true. Um, Jack, do you have any thoughts? On the running back room or just in general? Uh, I mean, start with the running back room and then you can segue into maybe Addison or yeah. on oh, yeah. one of these guys. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What could they get if... What do you think is a fair value to trade Dalvin for? Similar to DeAndre Swift. Because DeAndre Swift... A little more. Maybe maybe he's been able to be a little healthier than Swift and reliable. Yeah, more productive. What was the what was the McCaffrey package? Oh, I don't think he'd get that much. It was a lot closer to that than it would be to the Swift. Like every pick but a first, McCaffrey went for. Let's settle on a third because Swift was a fourth, right? So it's maybe a a, lower. Yeah, maybe if it's a competing team's second. Yeah. It's like same same draft class. Obviously, I mean McCaffrey's a little more. I'd say like do it all. But I mean, if we looked at the numbers, I feel like with injury history and all that brought into it, I feel like they were probably end up being pretty similar. Uh, but my point is, I don't know if I was leading to a point actually, but uh, I think they should trade him if they're not really in a if they're not in contention and I feel like people are pretty down on the Vikings because they uh, lost in the playoffs last year to Daniel Jones and the New York Giants, which isn't a good look. Uh, they they're calling them fraudulent because they won a ton of first or what is one score games and that's going to regress next year. Uh, I am not selling my stock on the Vikings this year. So they lost in free agency. They lost uh, Patrick Peterson to Steelers, and which he had five interceptions for them last year. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, a very productive uh, defensive tackle, he's on the Browns now. On a defense that was pretty bad last year, um, so they lose those two guys, which I feel like are are were pretty valuable. They bring in Brian Flores as their new DC. Um, so maybe he can add some value there, but. I look to the offense, and the offensive line is still good, I'd say. Solid. Um, Hawkinson's still there, adds a good layer to the offense. They probably have the best receiver in football, if not like top two, three. Um, Kirk finds himself in another prove-it year, I think. Somehow, I don't know. Um, we end up in the same year. Yeah, it's his 12th prove-it year in a row. 
Yeah, I remember we talked about that pre- prior to week one last year. So that adds a uh, something extra, and all this is all leading to. Uh, I want to discuss the fresh on pick, a player that we all love, and she. Oh, there it is. All love. Yes, she do. Uh, I have just I drafted him in the aforementioned dynasty league that I just referenced in the last team. Uh, and in my other dynasty league, I positioned myself to acquire him in our upcoming draft this weekend. Uh, he's a player I absolutely love. We fell in love with him in 2021 at Pitt with Kenny, won the AC championship. He, I believe, firmly believe he's the best route runner in this draft. He's going to get himself open, uh, and he will never be doubled in this offense with Jefferson on the other side. So, um, I think he's due for a very productive rookie season. I not only would it not surprise me, I I'm starting to expect him to get over hit the thousand yard benchmark in year one. I feel like this is just. Uh, He's gonna be Adam Thielen, and like uh, maybe like 2018 Adam Thielen, 19 Adam Thielen. So I'm really excited for what he has in store. I mean, he's a really good route runner. I liked what he could do. Uh, he lined up in the slot at Pitt, was productive. Won the Blinnikoff in 21. Lined up on the outside as the ex at USC, very productive there with Caleb Williams. And uh, yeah, he's a I, I shouldn't say complete package. I guess there are some limitations due to his size, but the offense is going to be really good. I trust Kevin O'Connell. This is becoming a long Vikings tangent. I don't see them regressing that much. I'm going to say 11 wins. Ooh, we're going, we're going right to, to, to win totals already. Bold. Yeah. So that, that um, I think that's all I had to say about she loved Jordan and the Vikings. Yeah. I, I do want to echo your statements. I think, I think the landing spot for Addison was perfect. Um, and you mentioned Kevin O'Connell a little bit. I'm, I'm excited to see how he gets to how he moves both of them around. Cause like you see with Justin Jefferson in their offense, they, they play him everywhere on the lot. Like he's all over the place. He's outside. He's in the slot. Like they'll, they'll, they'll motion him in the backfield to do it all with him. And I think Addison, like obviously not the same skill set as Justin Jefferson, but I think he's someone where we've seen him win everywhere on the field. So I like, I, I feel like this is just like, a dream for Kevin O'Connell to be able to put these guys wherever he wants to in a formation and just get as ridiculous as he needs to. Um, uh, I, I like the Makai Blackman pick uh, a lot. I think there was a lot of good value. Like this corner class in general was really good. So there was value all across the board for them. Um, it's really the only guys I know all that much about for this, but I, I was really happy for the Addison fit, obviously in the same conference as the Eagles. So when they play them, I'd prefer them not to, I'd prefer them not to play well, but I think the situation's good, and finally, the the Vikings got to figure it out with Kirk Cousins. I he's still serviceable, obviously, but it it's surprising to me that they've been this okay with, you know, using these three years of Justin Jefferson with Kirk Cousins as his quarterback. But you know, I'm not the GM. Yeah, I think you guys pretty much covered it all. I yeah, I'm definitely on that regression train. I still view this defense as a major liability. I, I really like Brian Flores, but he's got his work cut out for him. So I'm definitely not with those 11 wins. I'm looking more at nine, something like that, which I think, which is their win total. 
um, around there. So it, I think that's reflective of how they're actually going to do. Division's going to be a slugfest too, I think, for the first that time is, in a while. That as well. I uh, think- and just one last thing before we move on. 2018, Adam Thielen had 113 catches, 1,373 yards, and nine touchdowns. So that's some lofty goals there, Jack. <laughs> yeah, he could do it. And he, for the record, he was talking about the vibes, not about the numbers. Uh, for the record, um, the Vikings' win total was nine last year. Preseason. Yeah, but they also went like 11 and 0 one score games. That's just not going to happen. But they won them. They did. I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying. I, I Vegas was wrong in them last year, and the general population had them at nine, and they exceeded it. The best. The best one score record of all time. So they're going to defy seventy plus years of NFL history again. I wouldn't say defy it. I mean, records are set every year. But they're going to break. They're going to the Kirk Cousins cult. We have to remember that as well. Yeah. It's hey, really I'm, not okay. It's it's really QB one locked and loaded. So if he's in, putting up numbers, I don't care what happens. In terms of reasons why I think that, I think one okay T one is the addition of Jordan Addison and faith in Kevin O'Connell, and then third is Kirk Cousins. Okay, for the record. All right. Well, we have we have four months to talk about this, so let's move on here. Let's talk about Austin Eckler. Oh God, the Vikings are turning into our Austin Eckler. Uh, the Detroit Lions, a team that garnered a lot of reactions for their drafts, they trade back from six to twelve, right? Uh yes. No, they traded back for Nope. Didn't they nope. trade they traded from wait a minute? Six Hold to on. something, then they traded up to twelve to get Gibbs. Oh, that is what they did. Or no, didn't the Cardinals the Cardinals did did, did, did a trade back and then up to get Zion Johnson? Yes. Not Zion, you said Johnson. Zion Paris Johnson? Johnson. Paris Johnson. <laughs> yeah, so the Lions just traded back from six to twelve. They draft Jameer Gibbs running back from Alabama. Uh before we get to the rest of the picks, let's just start with that one. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, so many other players they could have gotten. Uh, they not now they don't have Swift, but they had Swift and Montgomery, who they just signed for three year deal. Uh, I mean, I saw a report com- that they were comfortable getting Gibbs at six if they had no trade partner. Over they really liked them, and I mean, there were. To be fair to them, I will say, like, there were. Obviously, it all comes out after the draft, so who knows what was real and what wasn't. But like, they, it seemed like the, from what they said, they weren't confident that he was going to still be there if they were picking it like at at eighteen or wherever their other pick was at eighteen. They weren't confident that he was going to be there at eighteen. If Jameer Gibbs went at six overall, I think that would be by far the craziest draft ever. I mean, in terms of running backs getting, yeah, I don't know if that instantly makes it the craziest draft ever, but yes, I think that's, I, I, I see what you mean. Yes, that's wild. So anyway, kind of crazy. Was not expecting his name to be called that early. I was thinking maybe he'd be called first round. Um, uh, but 
again, I mean, they're going to need him to catch a lot of passes. No uh, Jameis Williams for six games. They lose DJ Chark in free agency, so he's going to have his work cut out for him. A lot of targets available. Yeah, well, I mean, if we want to talk about just the whole draft class too, like the the big joke on Twitter, and like it's kind of true, is like if you if you pretty much like flipped their first four picks, you'd be like, all right, pr- pretty good. But looking at the order that they went in, it's like, oh wow, it's an interesting way to go about it. But oh, well, they they got their guys, and like for me, the the Brian Branch pick like saved the the outlook of their draft class. Like, yeah, that's a good point. Um. I think he's going to step right in and be like unreal for them. He was someone that I once, once the Eagles lost out on Gardner Johnson, I was hoping they would have maybe considered it. Um, he like the way that everyone talks about him. It's just like, he, it's pretty much adding like a quarterback to your defense. He sees the game really well. Did like not didn't test well. And that's why he ended up kind of where he ended up at, but you see the, the football brain and taking an Alabama defender is never a bad idea, but um I know you guys will talk about the rest of these guys too, but I want to shout out Sam Laporta because I did draft him in uh, the same dynasty draft that Jack has been referring to multiple times. Um, I think he comes into a perfect situation in Detroit and like, I feel like people were, are scared about it because of the Hawkinson situation. But I think if you really think about it, if I'm not mistaken, I think was Hawkinson a draft pick before this new era of guys. What do you mean? Like with, with Campbell and, uh, Yes. Yes. Hawkinson was, Hawkinson was a 2019 pick. Yeah, he was pre camp Correct. So if you think about it, like Hawkinson was going to be up for a new deal, and it it just it's clear that the the way that this front office decides that they want to be around is they don't want to you know overpay for positions that they feel like they can still get in the draft at a good spot. And I think they did that here. Never a bad idea to take an Iowa tight end, obviously, and tested ridiculous. And I, I think he can fit right in. And I'm excited with uh, Ben Johnson. Offensive coordinator there. He's that's a guy that I think will probably get swooped up uh, in the next round of coaching cycles next year. But he is just an exciting mind on the offense there. So I'm excited to see how he uses him. But I'm sure you guys have it. We didn't talk about Jack Campbell. If you guys want to do that, uh, I just realized that they traded away an Iowa tight end to draft a new t- Iowa tight end this yes, year. Yes, they did. Yep, they're just they're replenishing them there. Um, Jack Campbell's a good player. Uh. I saw or heard that they, well, it's just kind of funny that they drafted a running back. There are two first round picks they spent in a running back in the first round, which that's major debate. And then they drafted an arguably a position on the defense. That's almost the equivalent of like the running back in the first round an off ball linebacker. And it's like, Dan Campbell, I think I heard on around the NFL, like Dan Campbell's drafting for the NFL that he played in like 25 mm-hmm. years ago. So, or 20 years ago. So, I, uh, I mean, yeah, it, there's some question marks there, the positions they were drafting, but they're good players. You they're, want they're all athletes, too. Yeah. <laughs> First three, at least, branch, I know didn't test well, but like they're like athlete athletes, all tested really well. Right. And I love, I think, uh, I think I said it in our mock draft episode, but I, I like between the ears, I see a lot of like Minka Fitzpatrick in him, um, conducting the defense and uh, pre-snap reads and whatnot. Um, so yeah, he'll he's gonna even though he didn't test quote unquote test well, he's gonna add value, and that's 
he's the fourth pick they made in this draft, which is kind of crazy. And like a lot of mocks had him as going like the Jags at 24 or like in the mid 20s. So, um, weird draft. We'll see. Weird team. Weird draft, but I don't hate it. Yeah, it it was certainly interesting. Uh, after day one, they were getting clowned, but I think they kind of, as Shref kind of mentioned in the very beginning of uh, when we talked about them here, kind of redeemed themselves um, as they rounded it out. Uh, I really do think the secondary could be a real strength this year. You know, Branch, Cam Sutton, CJ Gardner Johnson, and Emmanuel Mosley um, could be really interesting. And 30 seconds on Hendon Hooker before we move on to the Bears. I was, I was gonna. I was just gonna ask. Do you guys think he plays for them at any point this season? No, not this season. Unless there's a golf injury. But even at that, like, is he healthy? Is he gonna be healthy? Well, I don't this know if season? he's healthy. It, it maybe wouldn't be till the end of the season, is what I'm thinking. But like, I, I, I'm just wondering. But it's also like, what if golf just plays well enough where they're like, we want him to be there for the next couple of years here. Like, we we really think we can win it with him. Is this a contract year for golf? I think it. Either this year or next, like it's coming close. I think either way. I'll let you know in fifteen seconds. Yeah, I don't know. Golf is going to have an interesting one. Like he he lost a weapon in Jameson Williams the first six games, so just really him and Amon Ra are the only like established vets on this offense, right? Bring up Marvin Jones, so I guess that that helps. It's just a uh... the O line is so solid too, though. Yeah, he's right. a free agent in 2025. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's two more years. He's only 29. That's crazy. I feel like yeah, he's older. He's, it, it's crazy to think about, but yeah, like he, like that's what I mean. It's very much in the realm of possibilities that he plays really well this year, and they're just like he's our guy for the next few years here. In him and Hen and Hooker are probably the same age. I I feel like. Um, where do you where do you guys have the Lions finishing the NFC North? Just like react, like feel right now. Where do you think they they stand? I think their floor is second. Who's first? They're gonna win it. I think the lines are gonna win it. Win it. I, I'm not gonna completely count out the Packers just yet. I think not to bring it back to the Vikings, but they're pretty go like position group by position group to the Vikings. I think the Vikings beat them like in almost every category and coach. I think that's ridiculous. No. Nope. That's dumb. On offense, they're probably better everywhere except for receiver. Who? I think golf is better than Kirk. I think their running back room as a whole is better than the Minnesota's. Offensive line's definitely better. Offensive line's definitely better. Tight end, I'll give to Hawkinson, obviously, and then receivers. I mean, if Jamison Williams comes back and is like as good as people think he's going to be, you could make an argument with that receiver room. Nah, Vikings no. still take it there, but the secondary yeah, of Vikings the still take it there, but it's not like that big of a gap, in my opinion. The secondary of the li- the secondary of the lines better. The front four is better with the Lions. And are we yeah. sure? Are we sure the coach is better? Yes. I, I love Campbell. I love Campbell, but I mean, uh, I don't yeah, know about that. You, you, you really think Campbell's better than O'Connell? I'm right not now? saying he is, but I'm. I, I wouldn't say you said it like it was a. It was already assumed. 
I think it should be assumed. It's not like I guess not that far. Campbell is great. I think O'Connell did an exceptional job. Like, wasn't he? Did he win? Co- no, they won Coach of the Year. He yeah, lost Coach of the Year. Uh, he was up there in Coach of the Year. Um, I guess that's fair. They're not. It's. It's not clearly the Vikings are better in every category. I don't think Golf was definitively above Cousins. I think Cousins. I I personally like Cousins better, and if not, I think they're pretty equal. Um. I don't know. We can just stop talking about the Vikings. Let's talk about the Bears. Chicago. Obviously made the trade out from number one. And they went down to number nine. But in the draft, they traded uh, down one spot. The Eagles go up and take Jalen Carter. They trade down one spot. They get Darnell Wright tackle out of Tennessee. Uh, they got Jervon Dexter, defensive tackle from Florida in the second. And they also another second, Tyreek Stevenson from Miami, cornerback. Zach Pickens, defensive tackle from South Carolina. Roshan Johnson, running back from Texas in the fourth. Tyler Scott, receiver out of Cincinnati in the fourth. Noah Sewell, uh, brother of Penny Sewell, inside linebacker of Oregon in the fifth. Terrell Smith, another corner from Minnesota. Travis Bell, defensive tackle from Kennesaw State. And Kendall Williamson, corner from San, uh, Stanford. Excuse me. So, yeah, three corners there. Uh, they really focused in the trenches. They get right in the first, Dexter in the second, and Pickens in the third. So they used the first, second, and third on uh, linemen. And uh, I think they needed that because our offensive line was really bad. I think they let up the fourth amount, fourth most sacks. I think I said that in our mock draft episode. And their defensive line was not great at all either. So they definitely needed some reinforcements there. Um, I really like Roshan Johnson. I think he's a big mystery just because he was stuck behind Bijan for his, pretty much his whole entire collegiate career. So not really sure exactly what he can do, but I think he's intriguing. Um, but what do you guys think of uh, Chicago's draft? I can make a call. Oh, yes. I oh, forgot yeah, we have a call. call. Mm. Go ahead. All right. Uh, for everyone listening, this is about to be Logan Horst on the phone. Can you guys hear the ring? Yeah, very well. Logan. What up? How we doing? Oh, I we're... start off by saying shout out Hogline, mm-hmm. shout out Ryan Poles. Wow. There we go. <laughs> How about that? Thank you. I'm at the GM right off the bat. Um, yes, so Logan, sir. we we have we have summoned you because we've. We've gone through every NFC North team. We just had a like a five minute Vikings versus Lions, who's better argument. Um, That's disgusting. I, it, it 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 wasn't our finest moment for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But with that being said, uh, we're on the Chicago Bears now. Uh, you can jump wherever you want to jump to, whatever your thoughts are. Just dump them all okay. out. If I uh, if I go on too much of a tangent, you might have to reel me back in. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But um, I'm gonna start off with a grade, so I'm gonna mm-hmm. give the Bears. A minus. Okay. Um, I was really happy with their draft. They filled a lot of needs that we needed to. That was the number one thing coming into it. Not gonna lie, I did want Jalen Carter, mm. and it sucks that he went to the Birds. Interesting. And it sucks you're laughing at me. It's interesting. Um, but it was honestly, I like the Darnell Wright pick better for us because at that time, you know, offensive line that's what we need. Um, so we filled right tackle. I like 
uh, Tyreek Stevens uh, in the second round. We got uh, CB2 there. And then, honestly, I'm all right with the Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens picks. Um, two, uh, I think, pick two and four or so. Mm-hmm. Um, we need D, D lineman. Uh, Javon, or Javon Dexter, whatever. Uh, he's going to be the three-tech. He's 6'6", 310. So I think he can fill that. I think Zach Pickens might be a little bit better. But um, honestly, I'm going to move to round four, though, which was my favorite round of the whole draft. Yeah, I liked the round four. We got two steals. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Roshan Johnson and Tyler Scott mm-hmm. honestly might be my two favorite picks of the whole draft. I understand. I think, uh, I think they're really going to help out fields on the offense with a lot of depth. And that's what we needed. Mm-hmm. So overall, I do like our draft. It wasn't sexy, but... Um, we kind of filled a lot of holes that we needed to, so I'm going to go with an A minus. I respect that. Mm. Do uh, Jack or Mitchell? Do you guys have any Bears related questions for Logan? I know we kind of asked Jared some stuff too. So yeah, let me. I was going to say, you know, I know it's it, it, it's exciting to project the rookie to kind of take things over, but how does he see the backfield shaking out between Foreman, Herbert, and uh, Johnson? Good question. Did you hear that, Logan? Yeah, that, that's a great question because, honestly, I have no idea. I think Herbert's going to probably start running back one, but I could see Foreman taking that, too. I, I really like Foreman picking him up. I think Roshan's probably going to get his, like, carries. Um, I think probably more carries in the you know, later games of the season. But I think, honestly, we're going to have a good com- little committee. Um, but I, w- I would honestly wouldn't be surprised in, like, two years or so if Roshan's our running back one. Maybe even next year, potentially. Oh. Could be uh, easy, but I still think Herbert's by RB1 for now, Roshan RB3, and Foreman RB2. I respect that. Back I have a question. Yeah, of course. We highlighted, or you highlighted, and not to be pessimistic here at all, but I have to, uh, all the good things they did in the draft. But what I didn't like about their draft is they were 32nd in the NFL last year in sacks defensively one of the probably i think you'd agree one of the worst defenses in the league and they need someone to get out to the passer and they didn't address that it seems and they drafted two interior defensive linemen um i don't know do you think is yeah. your lack of talent on the edge concern you at all uh yeah, no, I definitely, yeah. definitely agree i didn't mean cut you off but definitely agree um we were like last in probably sacks last year so we definitely need an edge was pretty disappointed we didn't get one. I feel like we didn't really need to draft two like interior defensive linemen right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there just wasn't enough like value. That's why. Um, okay. But I, we need to sign one. We need to sign like Yannick Ngakwe or like Frank Ooh. Clark or something because I'm not gonna lie, our edge rushers are terrible. Yeah, the yeah, names the names yeah. before the draft. It, it's a it's it's a real game of who's who, Logan. I'm I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, no, I, I'm not gonna lie either. I'm that's definitely our biggest concern for me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking to Ryan Poles about it. He yeah. heard me and everything. Yeah. Um, so hopefully they address it in the off season, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, I'm sure they'll figure it out. Um, all right, I, I think that was a great recap, Logan. Uh, we appreciate your time. Yeah, I appreciate you, boys. Right. Thank care. you, Logan. Fair Thank down. you. Peace. All right, we will. Uh, we'll await that. Yannick Ngakwe signing uh, tomorrow because apparently yeah. 
Logan spoke to Mr. Poles, so yeah. should be coming through the docket tomorrow, and we should we should see a Shefty tweet around uh, seven thirty tomorrow morning, probably. I will so. not be surprised, and I, I I do want to back up his point too. I thought the the Roshan Johnson and Tyler Scott picks back to back were very good, and I like that in terms of how they matched the offense for Fields and gave him at least some help, even if it was in a later round. Yeah, exactly. With bringing in DJ Moore too, it, I mean, it's yeah. round. It's rounding out to be a nice little room. It's a nice little room. Yeah, it's not the best, but they were pretty. It was pretty, you know, deserted last yeah. year. So they needed to yeah. make some moves, and they did. I mean, I feel like we've talked about it before. I'm, I'm I'm not the world's biggest Chase Claypool fan, but I have to imagine a, a full off season with the same quarterback, same team should help them get on the same page a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mooney coming back from the ACL. It's all it's all starting to uh, get reinforced. We're seeing something there. We're seeing something. All right, we're gonna move on to the NFC South, mm. and you know this could turn into a little bit of a Vikings ish team here that we talk about for a little bit. And I think I need a reality check. Even though Jack didn't seem like he wanted a reality check on the Vikings, I might need a reality check on this team. Oh boy! And we'll be we'll be talking about the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Just to recap their draft, they go Bijan Robinson at eight overall, Matthew Bergeron uh, with the 39th pick or 38th pick, uh, guard from Syracuse, uh, Zach Harrison, defensive end from Ohio State. Clark Phillips, corner from Utah, DeMarco Hillman, safety from Alabama, and Yovan Gwynn, guard from South Carolina. I guess I'll start. Um, I just, I mean, I'm, I know the Bijan pick was criticized, not because Bijan's a, not a great prospect, because he is, but because of the positional value and eighth overall, and a team with, you know, People said a lot of holes, but I really, really like it's not just the draft, too, because I like what their team is doing as an entire whole in the offseason that they've had. I don't think people are realizing the the additions that they made to the defense, which wasn't very good last year, but bringing in Jesse Bates, who's a Pro Bowl, and if he plays up to his potential, an all pro caliber player. Clay's Campbell, I know he's a little bit long in the tooth, but he's a really good veteran presence. David Onyemata, uh, they still have Grady Jarrett. They bring in Bud Dupree, who has kind of had a couple down years. I know he tore his ACL, I think that was two years ago, but he still has had a few productive seasons under his belt. There's potential there. They picked up AJ Terrell's fifth-year option. They locked in Chris Lindstrom to a big deal. They reinforced the offensive line again in the second. And this this running attack is going to be really good. Everyone is just singing the praises of Tyler Algier, like, oh, they already had a thousand-yard rusher, and they just went running back. Now you have potentially the best running back. It's one of the top running back duos in the league, I'd say now instantly. Um, and I know you know they they the wide receiver depth is a little bit of a problem, as we outlined last week with Matt Collins and Scotty Miller. But they still have Drake London, who has had a pretty good rookie season. And Kyle Pitts and John New Smith. I think Shreff said it last episode or two episodes ago. Two of the better receiving tight ends in the league. So it all comes down to eventually Desmond Ritter and how you feel about him. And 
obviously I feel pr- pretty well about him and that he's going to take a nice second year leap. Um, I don't really like Arthur Smith personally. I think he's a little bit whiny. Every time I see him on the sidelines, he's always complaining on something and he's, he's kind of like free. Piece. He's freaking out over nothing for a lot. But for what it's worth, I do trust him in his play calling. I think that's gone a little bit by the wayside. I think people just think, oh, it's the Falcons. Like they just kind of discount him, but he's still a really good play caller. And this division is really, really bad. I think it's there for the taking. They statistically have the easiest schedule going into this year. I know that doesn't always translate because teams change and whatnot, but they still statistically have the, they're playing the easiest schedule based on last year's winning percentage. And I just think that this defense is really going to take a step forward with all those veterans they added. And uh, I would really look out for them. I think they're going to win nine, 10 games. Their win total is like eight and a half or nine right now. I think it's eight and a half. And people think that's high, but they won seven games last year. I think with the additions they made, they can add two wins at least to that. What do you guys think about this and the draft? That's fair. Um, Yeah, when you did say their win total was eight and a half, nine, I felt like that was high, but that's a good point. They won seven. I think they improved. So, I mean, that's that's a fair win total. Um, I mean, you ended with it that it's... What, uh, how you feel about Desmond Ritter is kind of uh, where you stand on the team as a whole, hmm. um, because they've filled a lot of, of uh, holes this off season. Um, I still, I, I mean, I didn't like really love Desmond Ritter coming out of the draft in twenty two, and I really think the Falcons messed up in only giving him four four games. We talked about it last episode or the pre draft episode, um, like you he just kind of wasted a year of unknown of what he could be and like his development. Um, like when they really weren't playing for anything last year. So, um, and I hope it's not like, I, I actually have went back and watched some film on him. And he just didn't do anything that impressive at all in those four games because I was nervous of someone else outside of the Steelers fan base criticizing my second year leap quarterback so i didn't want to unfairly judge ritter making a second year leap um but i think kenny improved a lot more Ritter. but i digress about that um there's still some holes like they they, they lack a presence just like the, the bears rushing the passer like they bring in bud dupree and i love bud dupree i want the steelers to sign him uh, but I want Steelers to sign him as our third pass rusher, not as probably their marquee name to get off the edge. Um, they they they're lacking there still, and their defensive line is kind of old. I mean, I don't know. Gray Jarrett's still good. Um, I love the secondary. You, I thank for thank you for mentioning uh, talking about Jesse Bates. I feel like that went under the radar because that was like a like first in free agency. Um, and then you said it as well, uh, but it concerns me a little more, the lack of depth at receiver. Um, I know they have Pitts and John o. Smith, but you still need res- receivers on the outside and uh, someone quicker in the slot if that's if to help Ritter. Um, so I think you're a little bullish on them, but the division's pretty bad, so I... I, I would not be that surprised if they won it. So, Treff, 
your thoughts? Yeah, I yeah I agree with everything you said. I, I think where Mitchell's head is too is like this. I mean, this division coming into the season doesn't look all that strong. Um, you're betting on a lot of what ifs with some of these teams here, but yeah, I mean, I I think it, with these first two rounds, the Falcons said we are going to run the ball and we are going to run the ball a lot. You bring in Bijan, him and Algier, I think are like complement each other pretty much perfectly. Um, and it's, I, I like it for Bijan too, because obviously he's probably going to get, you know, a, a good share of the, of the carries here, but with Algier there and how much it seems like they trust him, it, it's not like he's going to be ran into the ground year one, which is what, what you'd like to see for a guy like this. Cause you'd prefer to see him play many, many years. Um, and then you get Matthew Bergeron who like his calling card coming in was like, this guy's going to run block for you like crazy. And that's exactly what they're bringing him in to do, I think. So, I mean, they are, it, it seems like to me, they're starting to kind of find the identity that I think Arthur Smith wanted to have the whole time. And, and you, you saw it with him in Tennessee with Derrick Henry, obviously. Um, and Derrick Henry is like half the reason why he got the job in Atlanta. So, I mean, he's, he's trying to rebuild that, that sort of scheme and, I mean, Bijan's the perfect guy to start it with. So I, I agree with a lot of what you guys said in terms of the free agent signings. I thought they, they definitely spent their money, but I, I I thought they did it pretty smart and brought back the guys that I thought were worth bringing back and brought in some good names. I You guys you guys hit it on the nose with Jesse Bates. I think that could go down as one of the more underrated signings in this in this uh, this season, in this offseason, I mean. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think winning the division's out of the question at all for them. Ten... If I was a betting man, it, it it would always be tough for me to to bet the Falcons to get that many wins because it's always going to be the Falcons. But they have the team that I think could that's could true. Prove that wrong. We yeah, didn't handicap the them being the Falcons. You you always got to remember that. Yeah. Two quick questions. Don't ha- don't give explanation. Just give me an answer. Um, for these two. Maybe another underrated thing. They have a top five backup quarterback, I'd say, in the league. Taylor, uh, Taylor Heineke signed him as well. If Tyler, Taylor Heineke started the whole season, what, what would their record be? 15-2. and two. Um, no, I don't know. I think with him, they're probably... Like my- 10 wins. Sure, 9-10. So you yeah. think he's about the same as Desmond Ritter, potentially? I think him and Ritter... I think him and Ritter could could give you the same amount of wins this season. There's just, okay. I mean, I don't know if it was just. I know you said no explanation, but quickly. Uh, I mean, hey, there isn't really an explanation for Heineke. I mean, he just wins. I don't know. Like, I I hate that. Like, it's an annoying thing to have to say. Wins the stat, but like, there's just something magical there that you just like put. We saw it against the Eagles last year that ruined. Oh. Their undefeated thing, oh, undefeated re- season, and he just he just wins. I don't know. So like the magic that Heineke has, I, I I'd confidently have them as, at at least a winning record if Heineke yeah, starts every game. Magic to him. He's got some Fitz magic to him. Okay, so there's that. And what do you guys think Bijan Robinson's stat line is going to be year one? Uh, I think I think with Ritter. Sorry, I yawned. Um, with Ritter still developing theoretically, and Arthur Smith's affinity for running the ball, twelve hundred yards is. Ooh, I might go higher. Is I I was I was about to say could could possibly be the floor. Like yeah. if Algier got over without like in the was he like ten seventy five like Bijan's better. Like fifteen hundred. 
1,500? You're going to run the ball a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. He was he was Derrick Henry's off like that like that's that's what he likes to do. Right. They ran the ball, I think, the second most last year, and they didn't have Bijan. Fifteen hundred might be like the seal, like I, I think floor, like you said, like twelve hundred, thirteen hundred. I like I, I think I think they're gonna, I think he's still gonna get like probably he he'll get twenty a game. Exciting stuff for fantasy football. Okay, we'll move on here to the New Orleans Saints. We keep going uh, on a tangent. We gotta pick up. We gotta pick up pace. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm trying to keep us on schedule here. That's why I said no explanations. You guys gotta follow my instructions. There's always explanations. Come on now. Uh, New Orleans Saints didn't have their own first. Uh, that belonged to the Philadelphia Eagles. But they had another first. They had 30 overall. They selected Brian Breesey from Clemson, defensive tackle. Uh, Isaiah Foxy, edge from Notre Dame in the second. Foskey. Foskey. Excuse me. Kendry Miller, running back from TCU in the third. Uh, they also got Jake Hayner in the fourth out of Fresno State. I thought that was an interesting pick. Um, what did you guys think of the Saints draft? They obviously... Hurts not having your own pick, especially when it's in the top 10, but... Um, did they do the most with what they had, or what do you guys think? You can go first, Shreff. Okay. Um, I didn't mind it. Like, like you said, like I mean, obviously, with, with the with their first round pick being all the way back there, it's always a little bit tough to get, you know, a top guy there. But you get Brian Brzee. It was. It seems pretty obvious that he was like their guy going into it, and so it seems like they got their guy. Um, I feel like his whole draft process with him was interesting because I feel like if you're betting on like the upside of him. He could he would have gone a lot higher, but it was obvious that you know whether it was off the field or on the field, uh, things that were going on, he slipped a little bit. But I think I, I think in New Orleans, I, I like that they paired up him and Foskey together. I think that's a good young duo that you can hopefully grow with a little bit. And then I know Jack will probably have a lot to say about Kendra Miller, but it obviously with you know using a third round pick on a running back shows that they they seem to be they seem to have an, an intention on getting him involved pretty early on here. So. Um, I like the the idea of him joining that backfield with Jamal Williams and Kamara. Whether or not, however many games he's going to be playing, but uh, it's a it's a fun little trio there. Um, I know a little bit about Nick Saldaveri because of my extensive offensive tackle research that I did. Um, just a really athletic guy, and it's clear that uh, at least the Saints, as one team, valued that very highly because I I forget where he was in my rankings, but he like I. This was higher than I would have expected him to go. So the Saints clearly clearly valued the athleticism, and they seem excited about it. But yeah, overall, uh, in terms of the capital that they had, I I was I was pretty okay with their draft. I'm excited for Miller, but like I said, Jack, I'm sure you have stuff to say. Uh, I actually want to pass that to Mitchell. Talk about Kendrick Miller. Mitchell's big on him too, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, I'll just quickly add that I really liked what they did with their first two picks. They addressed it. A positional group that I thought was definitely their weakness. I said it in our mock draft episode, and they got two players I really like in Brzee, uh at the defensive tackle position and Isaiah Foskey off the edge. And he's like, he's a very, uh, he's a big uh, edge rusher. I think he's he's like six five and like an athletic two seventy. So um, I like him a lot coming from Notre Dame, and the two of them is a good pairing. And a, they really needed some guys in that front four. Um, but yeah, Mitchell, Kendra Miller, and any other Saints talk. 
Saints picks. I just really, really like Kendry Miller. I think he's a very overall really solid prospect. I really don't see many holes in his game. I mean, he didn't have a ton of receptions at TCU, but he's shown the ability to be a pass catcher. Uh, again, no no rookie running back's really amazing at pass protection, but he has the body type to do it. I think he's 5'11", 215, or 220, or something like that. So he's like a big guy, uber productive. I think he had 17 touch, rushing touchdowns last year. So he was like a major cog in TCU success last season. I mean, I, the only knock I really could find on him was that he's not, he's not a burner. He's not like a guy that's going to break away long runs, but we see plenty of guys in the NFL that aren't like that. Like, Josh Jacobs isn't really like that. Um, Najee isn't necessarily like that. But there's a lot of guys that just don't have that long speed that can still be very productive in the NFL. And I mean, this landing spot, it may be kind of crowded right now, but Jamal Williams, I mean... The money they're paying him isn't a ton. I know he led the league in touchdowns, rushing touchdowns last year, but still not a ton. And Kamara, that's the way, that situation's in flux with the suspension and everything. So I really do think by next year he could really be looking at a one A of a committee for sure. Um, and I think he could be really efficient and really good. I think he's an all around uh, solid prospect. And uh, another bonus is that he, again he's he's not even twenty one years old yet. Um, he's a really young rookie and say he doesn't even do anything for the first two years and he starts to get work in his third year. I mean, he's still 20, just turning 23 at that point. So, yeah. I mean, I just think there's a lot to be excited about if, if you're him, he got, he gets, you know, decent draft capital, eighth pick of the third round. So from a dynasty perspective, fantasy football, you always look for these running backs to get as high draft capital as they can. That means the team's a little bit more committed to them. So um, I think he's clearly in their plans. Maybe not necessarily this year, but 2024 and beyond for sure. Anything else? Were we surprised it took a quarterback in the fourth or no? No, because of who it is. It's the it's Hainer from Fresno State who apparently like him and Derek Carr were already pretty close. That makes sense. I didn't put two and two together until right now. Yeah, so. apparently the card already worked with him a bunch, so it, it makes sense. Okay. Interesting. We'll see if he can uh, beat out Jameis for that QB2 spot. Yeah, I always forget that Jameis is there. Poor guy. I, I miss Jameis being a starter. It was somewhat, the league was so much more fun. Where is he now? Still on the Saints. He's still there. Still just chilling, hanging out. Okay, anything else in the Saints? We can move on to the Panthers here. Panthers. All right, so Carolina, first overall, they go Bryce Young. Wasn't really a surprise. We knew that for the most part, except for a, about a three-hour period when Will Levis was apparently supposed to go number one. So much for that one. Uh, Bryce Young goes first overall. And Jonathan Mingo in the second, he got... I don't know. Would you guys say that's surprising draft capital for him? 39th overall? Um, a little bit, but I, me personally. I understand. I understand. Not that. for me personally. I liked him a lot. Yeah. I like him too. And I think as it went on, people were expecting him to go a little bit earlier than, than he was previously. I shouldn't expect it within the first eight picks of the second round. I thought maybe towards the end of the second, but 
I don't hate it. I mean, still a wide receiver room that needs a lot of work. You know, they bring in um, Adam Thielen and Chark. They brought in Chark, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thielen and Chark. Um, so they definitely needed to add probably a little bit more because Terrace Marshall hasn't given anything in his first two seasons, unfortunately for me. But uh, yeah, other than that, they go DJ Johnson, outside linebacker from Oregon in the third, Chandler Zavala, guard from NZ State in the fourth, and Jamie Robinson, a safety from FSU in the fifth. So only at five picks, but you know the one that matters most is that the first one they took, Bryce Young. Um, I don't know how how are the how are the Panthers prospects looking here? I mean, they were seven and ten last year, and they had. PJ Walker, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. So you'd have to think that it's an upgrade, right? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited for them personally. Um, I know I feel like I think it's me and Mitchell that are on the same page with Bryce Young, right? Um, uh, I still don't, I don't I don't I wouldn't say I'm a big fan, but I. I think he's definitely I don't think he's gonna be bad. I'm slightly concerned about the size and the injuries per se. I think when he's yeah. on the field, I think he'll be a good player. Yeah, um, I'm I'm excited for him personally. But I like this this is a fun, like young team. Like the defense, they didn't they didn't add really I mean, they got DJ Johnson in the third, but and uh, Jamie Robinson, but like they didn't add any starter quality guys, but that's because um like they're uh they're just they have a really young and fun defense with a lot of like interesting guys. Like and they're trying to think off the top of my head. You obviously have Brian Burns in the corner room, you have JC Horn, and you have Dante Jackson. Um they still have Jeremy Chin back there. He's still he's still rocking back there. A lot of Yeah, yeah they have him just, in the nickel and they also brought in Von Bell from Cincinnati. Von Bell and then uh Derek Brown as well at the D tackle position. So it, it, it's Frankie Louvu. And Frankie Louvu. How could I forget Frankie Louvu? Um, yeah, it's a fun team, and they they added some some fun guys on offense. I, 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 I personally think Bryce Young was still the correct number one pick. I I thought he was the overall best quarterback in the draft just from watching him on the field at Alabama. Um, and then the Mingo pick, I I feel like we're all pretty high on him. Uh, and it's clear that the Panthers were based on the capital they used to select him, especially because he, like he they they took him early, and then I feel like we it, it receivers stalled a little bit on the board, and then they started coming off a little bit later, but um. Yeah, I I like where they took him. It's it seems to be becoming a thing where taking Ole Miss wide receivers is probably a pretty good idea. So they do that. And uh the Zavala pick in the fourth I liked as well. Um nice little rotational guy probably. But overall, yeah, I mean not a lot of picks, but I thought they made the most of them considering they the trade up to go get number one for their guy. So Um All right. Can I just say my piece on Bryce Young? I don't know. Just real quick. Uh, I don't think this could be a dumb reason to not have faith in Bryce Young. Uh, I don't think it's dumb. Uh, but I, I, I'm not going to trust an Alabama quarterback until I see a good one. Oh, like the best go. Alabama quarterback of all time is Tua. Jalen Hurts. I don't think we can count him. He got benched at at Bama. Mm, He still played for two years, though, and he won a national championship as a freshman. So He got benched in that game. 
he, freshman year. Oh, he you mean he won it as a starter freshman year? Correct. I don't know. You can count that. You can't count it? I don't know if I can count him as a Bama quarterback. I don't I don't know why you can't. He counts as both. Here here comes the tangent. <laughs> Same reason I don't trust Stroud, even though he's my quarterback too in this class. You won't believe it till you see an OSU quarterback do it. Yeah, Justin Fields, the best OSU quarterback of all time. He actually is. Maybe a better yeah. one. No, no, you're not wrong. Well, I don't like Mac Jones. I don't know. I think that's a dumb argument. I mean, there is something to be said about Bama quarterbacks not panning out. The team is the best team in college football every year, and there's that, but also, if you're thinking about it, this year wasn't their best year. And, like, his receivers this year, are they really that great? No. In 2022, they weren't. Exactly. He didn't have his Heisman-level season. He still had a really good year. Yeah, I'm not, not, not questioning his college production. Tebow was won the Heisman in college, too. But it's uh, Yeah, but the main argument is, yeah, great team around him, but Relative to other Alabama teams, not the best team. Certainly not even close to the receivers that they've had in previous years. Still put up good numbers. Still won decent amount of games. Yeah. Defense, he's very though. he's very smart and uh, processes information really well. He is. So does Mac Jones. <laughs> Yeah, but he's not even close to the athlete that Bryce Young is. More size. Arm talent isn't close either. Young's got that by a mile. I agree. I don't know. It's just that it's it's always going to be a a crimson red flag to me. Good one. Otherwise, with a with a few more. Mm -hmm. All right, we got to move on to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Lowest win total in the NFC South, I believe. They go Kalaj- oh, they got both your guys. They got Kalaj oh, Kansi yeah. and Servakia Dennis. Wow. Cody Mock in the second. He's the guy that, you know, had that big transformation. Remember, he's like that like relatively skinny, yep. short hair, no beard, and then he's by his senior year. No front no, he's teeth. A so good. Tackle from North Dakota State. Yeah, and then he's like, well, he, no, he came in as a tight end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, came in as a tight end. It's the Lane Johnson offensive, route. Offensive tackle. They got Yaya Diaby. Did mm. I say that name right? Yeah, good pick too. I like him. Payne Durham, tight end from Purdue. Uh, Josh Hayes, corner from Kansas State. Trey Palmer, receiver from Nebraska. Mm. Jose Ramirez, outside linebacker from Eastern Michigan. Um. I don't really know what to make of this draft personally. The Bucks are just a weird team in flux kind of right now. Uh, they've got some veterans on defense that I think they need to move. They got some older receivers that I think that they would benefit from moving. I just think that they're going to be a team that really looks to rebuild. And I mean, I don't know how that fits into this draft here, but. I mean, you just got to hope. I don't know. That's similar. This is a dumb thing to say. Similar to every team. You just got to hope that these guys 
contribute and hopefully they in my opinion maybe they have a different view of the team like Todd Bowles and, and the GM and the ownership and whatnot but you know I know it's a hard sell and you don't say this directly but I hope these guys know that it's a process and I don't I wouldn't expect them to win many games this year yeah this is I mean it's obviously early in the off season here still but I I think I think the Bucks could end up being a pretty major contender in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes potentially. So I mean, we'll have to see, but I mean, obviously uh, Jack and I will have our own opinions on Kalijah Kansi and Servasier Dennis, but Kalijah, uh, I, I think I like the fit in the Bucks shoes. I mean, obviously it seems like maybe they are thinking a little more long-term um, because I mean, Will Levis was sitting there and if the, if he really like wasn't their guy and he was still sitting there at that spot, they chose not to take him. They clearly took a guy that they, Leaving and can see. I'm excited that he's going to a place that has a defensive-minded head coach like Todd Bowles. That like to me that shows that Bowles has a plan of how he wants to use him and how he's going to get him in there. So I'm excited to see how that looks. I like the idea of him next to Vita Vea. I think that's a fun a fun duo to watch. Probably um, Cody Malk. I, I like the pick. You're definitely betting on some upside there. Like we said, like he's he has that transformation of a like a Lane Johnson esque where comes in as a tight end, moves over, and just beefs up big time. So you know the athleticism's there. Um, I mean, obviously, there's they already have Tristan Wirfs there, who's, uh, I think, from what I've heard, it seems like they seem pretty set on Wirfs maybe sliding over to left tackle now, and Malk maybe filling in the right tackle spot, which would be interesting, but kind of in the same vein, like just very athletic. So I'm excited to see that. Yaya Diaby, another, another athletic guy, can get after the pass rusher like that. And then Servasier, as Jack and I got to see for a while, like, was really the the anchor of that defense. Like obviously you, you had the pass rushing every year, but just really smart would make big plays, like flew around the field, just a, a very witty uh guy that can kind of do do it all uh at the linebackers position. So I in my opinion, good value. I know it's biased, but um a little bit of bias like seeping in there probably. But I mean Jack and I got to watch it up close and personal for pretty much every year we were there. He was there for a while. So um but that the rest of the guys, I don't have too much else on, but I, I, I like what they did. It, it, like you said, Mitchell, it, it kind of all comes down to how they view themselves. If they, I, I feel like if they're being honest with themselves, they know that this probably isn't going to be a year for them to really compete. But I like the pieces that they added. Uh, I'll give a quick word just on Cansey that uh, I love the fit pairing him next to Vita Vea because mm-hmm. um, Cansey's a very dynamic pass rusher. Uh, and the uh, the knock on him was his size, but you pair him next to a massive human being in Vita Vea. Vita Vea is listed at 350, so I mean, aggregate weight of your, your interior defensive lineman, it's probably average, <laughs> like yeah. if you um, it kind of levels itself out. So, and I, I love the fit, it, it allows uh, Kansi to do what he's best at and really get in that backfield. Um, getting at the quarterback so i love it for that sake but i don't know as a whole teams look a little shaky with baker at the helm yeah i mean i don't know i just think that if they kept all these veterans didn't trade anyone which i don't see that happening i think eventually they're going to at some point whether it be devin white um shaq barrett Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, whoever it is, right? It, I think they're at least someone's going to be gone. If they kept everyone, I don't think they'd 
be in number one pick territory. I don't think this roster is the, you know, I mean, they're, I think they could win like maybe six games, something like that, maybe seven. But again, I think at that point, why don't you just try to get rid of all these old guys and start over? I mean, they're kind of stuck in a, that's where I see the best case scenario for them. So why don't you just lean into it? I don't know. It just like, like what Jeff said, it depends how they view themselves. So yeah. it's, uh, it's tough, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. I think, I think this defense still definitely could, um, you know, they invested some, you know, quite a lot of their first couple picks on them. So, and with Todd Bowles being a defensive guy, I think, uh, the defense could still definitely play at a serviceable level, but, um, but yeah, real quick. Are we surprised that Rashad White survived the draft? Kinda. Um, no. More because mm, I I think I think he's an intriguing uh I was gonna call him prospect, but developmental running back, young running back. Uh this is going to his second year, right? The third, I think, maybe. Third? No, I think second. I think you're right. He was last year, yeah. right? So I I like the the little burst I saw him last year. Um, so and I think it was smart not to address running back because again he offers some intrigue, and uh, there's a lot of other holes. Like there are rebuilding teams, so I, I think it was smart not to invest in the running back position. Wasn't he a second round pick too in twenty two? Third, or third, third. Okay, so that's high enough. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I, I I think what I was gonna say, I'm more just surprised that like it seems like pretty much every team is like really starting, or most teams are really starting to lean into the committee approach. So I'm like, I it was more just a surprise that they didn't at least like throw a dart on one. But I think White's definitely good enough to be a to be a lead back. Okay, we move on here to the NFC East, and we'll go directly into the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, uh, just to read off. The picks that they made, Jalen Carter at nine overall tackle, defensive tackle from Georgia. They traded up one spot. Nolan Smith at 31, uh, edge rusher from Georgia. Tyler Steen, tackle from Alabama. Sidney Brown, safety from Illinois. Keely Ringo, corner from Georgia. Tanner McKee, quarterback from Stanford. And Moro Ajomo, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, but defensive end from Texas. Those are their picks. And Shreff, take it away. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had, I had a lot of fun in this one, boys. Uh, I think it, the way I would describe this draft as a whole is uh, I, think they, I think they did a really good job of mixing in uh, getting guys that can contribute from day one along with guys that will probably take maybe a year or two before we really get to see them play full time. But the upside is like really hard to pass on, especially at the position, like at the draft slots that they got them. So, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of just go down the board here. So Carter, obviously, uh, I mean, you got to be excited about it. I, I think it's, it's fair to say there's obviously a lot of off the field concerns that made him drop this far. Um, for me, looking at it, uh, trying to be as unbiased as I can, and I, I think this is kind of the perception that a lot of people have when looking at it, is that 
in a lot of situations we like logan kind of talked about it with them with the bears trading out of it like i think there's a lot of places where this pick maybe wouldn't work out so well um i think i think there definitely needs to be a certain type of coaching staff culture and like players in that locker room the bears for example jalen carter would have had to step right in and be like kind of at least the on-field leader of that of that defensive line which maybe isn't the best situation for him considering what we've like seen and heard on and off the field uh just not only in terms of obviously the legal things but also just there's been you know reports of maybe not being the hardest worker in the you know on the field and all that then all that stuff but he goes to the eagles where not only uh, is there a lot of talent there, but there's also a lot of uh, veteran talent. Uh, obviously, getting to be on the same line as uh, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham uh, is only going to help you, not only on the field, but hopefully off it as well. Um, and he also gets to reunite with who he claims to be as like his best friend of all time and Jordan Davis. He, I think he called him a role model, and Jordan Davis is, I believe, one year older than Jalen Carter, so that's kind of funny to think about. Um, <laughs> but So like, it's one of those things where I understand the risk is still obviously there, and I'm not going to fully be excited about this pick until I, you know, get to see it on the field and see that it's working. But I mean, the situation that he got put in could not have been better for him. So I'm obviously very hopeful. Nolan Smith uh, thought thought they were maybe going to take him at 10 if Carter wasn't there. They get him at 31. Clearly, I guess teams were probably a little turned off just by, you know, he he's a little more of a specialized uh, guy where if you're not in the right scheme or you don't have the right guys alongside of him, it might not work out. But once again, the Eagles uh, have a guy there who pretty much everyone has compared him to, at least from a size base, which is Hassan Reddick. Um, we saw him thrive in this defense last year, and uh, you can only assume it's going to continue. Um, and so he's going to get to learn from him. Like like I said at the beginning, like this was a guy that we might not even see all that often this year, but uh, he's going to get to learn under a double-digit sack guy from last year. And... I think going into next, I believe next year is when the Reddick contract extension would have to be brought up. It seems like that might be less likely now that we see, you know, where the Hertz money is going and all that stuff. So good pick there. Um, Steen, Tyler Steen, uh, just Alabama guard or tackle. He's going to move to guard. A lot of starting experience. Um, just a, a big guy that moves well. Uh, a little bit, you know, technique has always been a struggle, but he's going uh, to learn under Jeff Statland, who turned Jordan Mailata, who like never played football, into a top-tier left tackle. So I have faith in that. Sidney Brown, I think, is going to start maybe right away um, in kind of that, that nickel corner role. I think him and Avante Maddox are kind of going to be able to trade off with that. Um, just plays downhill, aggressive at all times. I think he's going to fit in well. And then uh, the only guy I'm going to like really talk about more is Keely Ringo, getting him in the fourth round. I feel like everyone was pretty surprised that he fell. Uh, arguably the best athlete in the class at cornerback, which was why people originally thought he was going to be such a high pick. Obviously the technique and everything uh, kind of lost him and you saw him get beat a lot, which is what caused the fall. They get him. And once again, this is a Nolan Smith situation where he's going to get to learn under Bradbury and Slay and he's not going to have to play right away. I would say right now he's probably their corner number maybe five or something like that right now with Slay, Bradbury, Maddox, um, Brown's going to play a little bit of slot corners. You can kind of count him, but then they sign Greedy Williams as well. So, I mean, he's going into a stack cornerback room where he's just going to be able to hopefully be a sponge, get a lot of stuff in, and then it would be a, hopefully a situation where maybe, uh, obviously barring any injuries, where he has to step up quick. But uh, next offseason, you kind of hear things about how he's developing. So 
Yeah, I, I was a huge fan of it. I'd love to know your guys' thoughts overall because I know you guys will probably have some different opinions on some things. But I, I thought in terms of what they what they did, I, I'm a huge fan of it, and I'm, it excites me. Go ahead, Jack. Um, like your point about Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis role model, because when they were teammates, Jalen Carter did not kill anyone. Uh, when they weren't, yeah. he did. Mm-hmm. So proof is in the pudding. Should should, should be good going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, everyone loves the Eagles draft, and it's hard not to. Like they did a great job. Um, how many Georgia guys do they have on this defense now? One, two, three, four, five. five I think Nicobe Dean Carter, Nicobe and Davis. Yeah. Davis, Smith, Ringo. Yeah, it's exciting for the Eagles. Uh, the swift trade that happened mid, mid-draft um, was pretty smart. They, um, and it's... I tried to spin it pessimistically. It's like, all right, they gave up a fourth rounder for Swift just to have him for one year because he's rookie contracts up after the season. But uh, if he leaves... In free agency, the Eagles get a fourth round comp pick. So they got him for nothing. They really got him for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, they just got to pay him whatever. What is it? Like a, a couple million? I think they're paying him like, like it, I think it's they're paying him like one point six. It's something ridiculous. Right. Like, so like that's yeah. I don't know. I don't really need to echo much. Like they did a great job. Um, Mitchell, what do you you have anything you want to add or no? Not too much. I just think, yeah, I mean, Keely Ringo, I think you pretty much summed it well, summed it up well, Shref, how the reasoning why he fell, I mean, athleticism is off the charts, but still needs a lot of fine tuning in his game and his technique. So, um, but this is the, probably the most advantageous position for him to be in, you know, it's a very solid defense and there's pretty much no expectations for a mere one. I mean, yeah. kind of like Jordan Davis this past year, you know? Yep. So if he's going to succeed, this is a good place for him to do it. And uh, yeah, I had the Steelers taking him like 32nd overall. So that was clearly wrong. And yeah, uh, he fell real far. Yeah. So that, that's definitely really, really good. All right. We'll move on to the Giants here. Uh, I think we have a caller. We didn't prep him, so he may not answer. But let me just read their picks real quick. They got Deontay Banks. They traded down one spot and they selected corner out of Maryland, Deontay Banks. Center from Minnesota, John Michael Schmitz, who we talked about, who we thought could have been a fringe first round pick, and he goes towards the end of the second. So that seems like decent value there. Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver from Tennessee in the third. Pretty polarizing guy. Um, some people really like him, some people don't. Uh, Eric Gray running back from Oklahoma on the fifth to provide some depth behind Saquon and I don't know, maybe a potential 2024 option. Who knows? I mean, that backfield's pretty wide open. Uh, Barkley's only on the franchise tag. Trey Hawkins, the third corner from Old Dominion. Jordan Riley, defensive tackle from Oregon, and uh, Javarius Owens, safety from Houston. So, um, yeah, decent draft for the Giants. And are we going to call our caller, Jack? Oh, am I going to call? Yeah, I'm recording on my phone. So if you could. Sorry. 
Austin, welcome to the Hogline Podcast. Um, I believe we called you last year for our post-draft yes. reaction as a Giants fan, yeah. and we have come to the Giants again and would like your thoughts as a fan on the draft. How right. do you think they did? Well, um, I think the uh, I think the first round didn't go as well as we'd hoped um we knew the couple teams before us were you know going to take receivers and that's exactly what happened yeah like four in a row. right so, um, you know they went with the uh next best with um banks yeah and uh yeah no I, I i really like that pick uh for the you know late first and then our second and third rounds were were just as good um not I don't know too much about the center we got, mm-hmm. but um, I heard you know good things. Me as well. And uh, yeah, and I think um, that spot. I think we, uh, I think we traded up for Hyatt, right? I don't they did remember. a little bit. They did. They did. Okay. They did, yeah. Yeah. So I think we did trade up for Hyatt, and that was um, perfect placement for that. I think he. Yeah. He fell. He felt, you know, like low enough and, uh, yeah, lucky that we, uh, jumped in there. So, I mean, those, yeah, those, uh, mm-hmm. those three picks are, are really nice. I'm, I'm satisfied and, um, yeah, it's a little bit more well-rounded. You got offensive weapon, defensive playmaker and protection for Daniel Jones. So, yeah, I, 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 I like Deontay Banks, I thought was a guy that this, the Steelers really liked and was even considering at 17. Um, so that's theoretically good value there. Uh, we just talked about Jalen Hyatt briefly, Hyatt briefly, and uh, some people love him, some don't. I like him, uh, but I think regardless where you fall on him, I think a third rounder is a good place to take a shot. I mean, he 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 needs to develop, but he's he was explosive at Tennessee, and they need another playmaker desperately on on offense, especially in the receiver room. So. Um, yeah, I like what they did, and and a lot of draft games I saw uh, had the Giants up there, like the Eagles, Steelers, and Giants. I thought I saw up there a lot in draft grades. Really well rounded. They really didn't stretch for anyone, and when they traded up, they made a nice, you know, nice selection. Yeah. Um, Mitchell Shreff, do you have any questions or comments for Austin? I I don't think I have any questions. I think, uh, you know, I I think I'm similar how I feel about Josh Downs as well is that I think I've said on here and through conversations with other people as well that I'm not super high on them. But again, that was more of not high on them as early or sorry, late first, early second round picks. If we're getting these guys in the, you know, mid third. I'm fine with that. You know, I think like what you said, Jack, that it's, it's worth it at that point. I think the, I think the value is, is fair there. So, and yeah, it was, it was a position of need for the giants. So I, I don't think I have any qualms about them taking them there. That's pretty much all I have to say. 
Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think that. I would agree. Yeah. It'd be very interesting to see where he goes in, in our rookie draft on Saturday. True. Yeah, I'm, I'm still wondering about that. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess there has a per call. Austin, we appreciate your insight as our resident Giants fan. Yeah, as always. <laughs> Have a great rest of the show. All right. Thank you. You have a good one. Thank you. See you guys. Awesome. See ya. That's Austin Carroll. He's in our Dynasty League. Contestant in our Trivia League as well. And uh, all around solid guy. <laughs> yeah. Stand up man. All right. Uh, if we don't have anything else for the Giants, we can move on here to the Commanders. They go with Emmanuel Forbes at 16th overall, corner from Mississippi State. There are Tavius Martin, safety from Illinois. There was a lot of Illinois defensive backs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had Jartavius Martin, Sidney Brown, and Devin Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Good for them. <laughs> yeah. Ricky Stromberg, center from Arkansas. Braden Daniels, guard from Utah. KJ Henry, defensive end from Clemson. Chris Rodriguez, Jr., running back from Kentucky. And Andre Jones, Ed Rusher from Louisiana. Uh, I think the story of the draft for the Commanders is taking Forbes over Banks and Joey Porter Jr. And Christian Gonzalez. And, oh, God, yes, and Christian Gonzalez. I didn't even realize that. I mean, pretty questionable. I, I Forbes is a player I wasn't super high on, just considering he's literally 165 pounds. Uh, it's just, again, I know he had, so, he had, I think he had six pick sixes last year something crazy like that. So he kind of is a ball magnet and uh, just has a knack for the, for the, for jumping routes and whatnot. But again, I think that was kind of questionable considering the other talent in the secondary that was on the board. I mean, do you guys agree or no? Yeah, I do. We, I think we highlighted a little bit when we talked in the AFC, just because we had to talk about Gonzalez and Porter and those guys. But um, yeah, I just like, I, Clearly, clearly he was their guy. They weren't going to be swayed off of that no matter what the board looked like. Um, he, he, I mean, obviously he has a knack for, for, the, for getting, the, getting the football. Um, you don't just, you know, fall backwards into that many interceptions, that many pick sixes. Um, but, I mean, we, we've talked about how the receivers are getting smaller, but with corner, I, I think it, it can be sometimes a little different just because, like, at any moment, I mean, um, unless you're really going to have him just like follow along a smaller guy, but there's going to be mismatches there for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not, I don't love it. If I was in their shoes, I feel like Gonzalez should have been the easy selection. I don't think there should have been any conversation about it, but yeah, I agree. The only reason why I like it, and granted, this isn't even about Forbes, uh, I just like that they drafted defense at the first round pick. Because six of their starting defensive players or their first round selection, Jahan Dotson ruined their streak of defense in the first round last year. I brought it that back. that is it. That is what I had to say. Got it. Are we? Uh, I mean, I guess this isn't. You know, I don't. I that surprising, consider their. I don't know. They have decent depth at this position, but quarterback, are we surprised they didn't 
I know, you know, the, they weren't in a position to get the top three guys and teams were just super low on Levis as we discovered throughout night one. But are we surprised they didn't target a guy in like the fourth or fifth rounds or no? I mean, they, they got, they have Jacoby Brissett. They bring him in as a backup. They seem to be all in on Sam Howell for this year. So I guess it's not as surprising as I thought, as I, as I did 15 seconds ago, as I'm looking at their depth chart again. But uh, what do you guys think? Would you have expected them to maybe get someone in the middle rounds to bring in a little bit more competition or not worth it? Just roll with the towel. I think so. I pre-draft, I would have expected them, yes, to bring in some competition. Well, realistically, pre-draft, if I didn't know what they were, if I didn't hear what they, they their thoughts were, I thought I would think they should go for like one of the top four quarterbacks, but... At the very least, yes, I did think pre-draft they'd go for like a mid-round quarterback. However, I mean, maybe they did like a guy or a few, but there was just such a run on those quarterbacks in the fourth and fifth round this year that it was the most QBs ever selected in the first five rounds, right, or something like that. Yeah, or in the I, I think I saw drafted in general, but maybe in the first five as well. And it probably was drafted overall. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they did like some guys, but they were just taken and they didn't want to reach on a guy they didn't really love. And I, they do like Howell, so that probably aided their, uh, made them more comfortable doing that strategy. And Brissett is a pretty expensive backup, I think. Um, I want to say he got 10 million or close to it. So, yeah, like yeah, they kind of makes sense. They've been. I know they've been saying that Sam Howell's their guy, but like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if we get to week one and all of a sudden they're like we're going to start out with Brissett. Like it wouldn't really, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I think Brissett's still good enough to be the quarterback in an, on an NFL team, so I don't think he needs to be completely banished to the the backup role. But yeah, I I, I agree with Jack. I think kind of the way the board fell and with how many guys, how many teams were taking a stab at quarterbacks. I think it, I think it just kind of fell that way where they didn't feel the need to get someone that maybe they weren't in love with. Um, just real quick on the quarterbacks there. I mean, do I think that Jacoby Brissett is much worse, if any worse than Sam Howell? No, but I just think you just need to play Howell as much as possible and use this year to decide and get as much experience as possible. I just think that yeah. there's no point to not playing him if they're equal. Just you know what you know what Jacoby Brissett is. You don't yep. necessarily know what Sam Howell is. So I agree with that. Uh, just uh to wrap, wrap up real quick looking at their depth chart. Shout out to their slot receiver Dax Milne. If you know you know. And we'll leave it at that. Do you know? I know. I don't know. Do if know Jeff doesn't know. He doesn't know. Ooh, that's gonna come up in your performance review, Shreff. Yeah, don't don't say don't just just move on. Cowboys. Okay. Think Dallas Cowboys. It. Probably frustrated that they weren't able to get Dalton Kincaid when the Bills jumped them. So they get with they go uh, Maisie Smith, Maze Smith. Defensive tackle for Michigan. Uh, they get another Wolverine, Luke Schoonmaker, tight end uh, in the second. The Marvian Overshone, inside linebacker from Texas. 
oh god, I'm not going to pronounce this guy's name. No offense. They get a defensive end from San Jose State. <laughs> uh, Asim Richards, offensive tackle from North Carolina. Eric Scott Jr., corner from Southern Miss. Deuce Vaughn, running back from Kansas State in the sixth, and Jalen Brooks, wide receiver from South Carolina in the seventh. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a call. Yeah, we do. Recurring guest. Yes, I think this is probably his third, fourth, third period. Yeah, because he did the the mock draft with us last year, so this time he's doing the post-draft. Why has Nestor not done any trivia? It's a good question. I always tell him about it. I forget. Yeah, I don't know. Like, this doesn't make sense. Either way, here he comes, boys. I'm making the call. Hello. Oh, Mr. Nestro. How are we doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Oh, we're we're doing great tonight. Uh, You are are now live on the Hogline podcast. Uh, Happy to have you here. Um, you, we've gone through every NFC East team. I got to, I got to talk about Jalen Carter for, for days and days and how excited I am about him. Um, we got through all the teams and you're up with the Dallas Cowboys. We, we would love to hear you can, you can pick whatever guys you want to talk about. Any, any storyline you want to talk about you, you do you, man. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like overall, uh, I liked this Cowboys draft class. I don't think it was a like home run class. I'd give it like a B. I think it filled some solid holes. Um, first round, Mozzie Smith. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't really like. Uh, some people were hating on this pick because um, I think maybe they just didn't fully know who Mozzie Smith was. But he was number one on Drew Spellman's freaks list. <laughs> so he is an athletic freak. This is a position that the Cowboys have been trying to fill for a long time, but haven't really been able to. And part of that is because they didn't value the position unless it was like a freak athlete that they thought had a higher upside than just stopping the run. And I do think that Mozzie Smith can be that kind of guy. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited about that pick. But uh, second round, Luke Scudmacher. Um, this is a pick I didn't like as really that much at the time, but I like it a lot more now as time has gone on. Uh, pretty much I don't have any really any issues with the player. He's a good receiver, a good blocker. Uh, he does have a 9.86 RAS. Oh, yeah, we um, love the RAS here. Yeah, we do love the RAS. Mm-hmm. Kent Lee Platt on uh, Twitter has the RAS scores. Good man. <laughs> um, not a ton of production Michigan team to hurt that my biggest gripe is probably that fact that he's turning 25 in September mm-hmm. I know you know Sheriff I don't love uh, old prospects no you're not a huge fan no that, so that, I don't, when you're that old and you're not really producing a ton that is a bit of a concern but the tape is good the athleticism is good so I do have some I, I think he can be better than Schultz I'll put it that way mm-hmm. uh, third round Marvin Overshone uh, this is kind of what I call the wild card pick he was kind of, he's kind of a weird player. He shows a lot of ability, but has never really been consistent. And he kind of has like an undefined role. But I do feel that if anybody can find a role for him, that would be Dan Quinn. So the fact that they went and picked him, I feel like tells me that they have some sort of role plan for him. So I, I think he can be a nice weapon. I think he could even be a almost like QB spy on Hertz mm-hmm. and uh, music play. And at worst, he should be a special team stud. So and he also seems like a great team guy. So I. I I'm fine with that pick. It's a little hard to tell. It was a pretty weak linebacker class as a whole, though, so I'm not going to really get hung up on it. Uh, in the fourth round, they took Viliami Fahoko, mm-hmm. defensive lineman from San Jose State. You got the name right, too. Yeah. Mitchell Mitchell chose not to pronounce it. You you went for it. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I was good for the front seat. Some people call him Junior. I don't know if that's like his nickname or what that is, but I've seen Junior for Hoko as well. Oh, we'll, we'll call him Junior then. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure he's really on it. Hmm. <laughs> but uh, uh, he was a not. He was the 99th percentile run defender for uh, our friends PFS. <laughs> uh, a lot of production, but obviously we competition. I mean, it could be weaker. It's still Division One, but it's not. Yeah, San Jose State. It's Mount West. But he is pretty much an average athlete with a ton of production. But I think the plan is going to be. He currently weighs like 280 pounds, so I think the plan is going to be one of those classic, you know, defensive end on rundowns, then kick inside on passing downs, which I think uh, could really work. So it seems like a solid piece to get, especially when you're in a division with. Uh, it seems like a team of this draft is a lot of this. A lot of these guys were meant to stop the run. Yeah, and that makes sense with the Niners and Eagles being the main competitors in the NFC. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to really complain about that uh, too much. But yeah, solid picks all around. Uh, fifth round, I seen Richards. I know you uh, scouted the offensive line, Shreff. I did. <laughs> I don't know what you think of Richards, but I think it's. Uh, I know he played left tackle in college mostly, but he's going to kick in the guard. Yep. He's like here, and he'll he'll be able to compete for left guard this year. Um, but the offensive line, we have kind of a musical. We have it's unclear how the line's going to shake out, but he'll have, he'll have a chance to compete for reps year one already at left guard. So I'll be interested to see if that work out. I think he has the traits to be able to do that. So that seems like a solid pick in round five. Round six, Eric Scott Jr. gave up a twenty, uh, gave up a next year's fifth round pick for this guy. I didn't really know who he was before the draft, but he is the third longest corner in the draft, so that makes sense for Dan Quinn. Uh, special teams contributor, and he obviously he's just really just one of those classic Dan Quinn corners, tall, long, athletic, and we'll see if he can mold him. Mm-hmm. A, a nice ball of clay, as they say. Uh huh. A great ball of clay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, round six the other, the other round six pick 212 my favorite pick of the draft Deuce Vaughn short king <laughs> yeah, he is a short king mm-hmm. uh, I mean, probably, probably will be getting his jersey yeah at some point uh, obviously he is undersized I think he's like 5'5 five, five. he's small I'm small boy five, six. Yeah. That's so, but sense. actually even though so that is a disadvantage he's, not, he's never really going to be a lead back he's just probably not big enough to be able to do it but I actually think his size he, he said it himself. His size actually is somewhat of an advantage in a weird way because he's almost so hard to yep. find between behind all those linemen. He kind of just hides behind him. And uh, Darren Sproles gave him a phone call, told him to keep the small running backs alive. So mm-hmm. I think that just confirms he's the next Darren Sproles. Yep, pretty much. After years of playing against him, uh, uh, you know, I'm really sick of him. So I'm glad to have him on my team. Yeah, he was fun. I enjoyed him a lot, a whole lot. Yeah. Well, I didn't really like him. Oh, I'm sure you weren't a huge fan. That's fine. <laughs> and then our final pick was Jalen Brooks, wide receiver out of South Carolina. Uh, he's slow. You're in like a four seven. Mm-hmm. Not great. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I'm not the biggest fan of slow wider series. <laughs> I I uh, actually am. Receiver. Basically, I'm marking down as the new Noah Grab. Oh, there you go. But he might not even make the team. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Four seven's not great. At the bottom of the receiver depth chart. So that's it for the draft picks. I should also note that the undrafted class I really like. Oh yeah. Uh, Cowboys always do well in the undrafted free agency. Partially, I think, because Jerry's willing to spend more money than other, te- than other teams are. And um, so Jalen Marino Cropper from Fresno State, I think I like him more than Jalen Brooks. I think he could p- compete for a wide receiver spot. Uh, another okay. guy, Hunter Lepke, a fullback from North Dakota State. Oh, you could, oh, you did get a fullback. I forgot. Yeah, we you guys are pounding that rock. The next Kyle Juszczyk, so that's really exciting. Oh, there you go. It's good. <laughs> sounds like a good. Sounds like a good pickup then. Uh, he runs. I mean, they said he runs like four six, and he has some. He has. They had some other athletic testing that was really impressive. So I think. I think he's going to make the team personally. He's going to play special teams. I think he can be like kind of our Zeke replacement in short yardage. Mm. And 
doing more fullback stuff and even some tight end stuff. I think he's one of those guys who's nice to have and do a lot of different things. And yeah, Kyle use check light. I shouldn't say he's going to be Kyle use check, but mm-hmm. maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, also, wanted to note Isaiah Land, an edge rusher from Florida A&M. I love his athletic traits. He's probably not there yet, but I like him as a practice squad uh, stash. There you go. He was one of my sleepers going into the draft, so I was glad to see him land with us. Yeah, I forget how much research you do on these guys. Um, yeah, yeah. Jack and Mitchell, uh, do we have any questions for Mr. Nesher regarding the Cowboys or any of the picks in general? I don't have a question, mm-hmm. more so just an observation that mm-hmm. my only gripe with this draft is that Mr. Jones didn't make a, a vintage like splash splash pick. Mm-hmm. Not very flashy. Any comment on that? Yeah, Would you like flashy, more flash? Wanna, yeah, did you want more flash, Nestro? Did you want more flash? Uh, yeah, you did. You wanted know, more like, flash. Again, like, what was the flash? Uh, the, like, pick 26. Who would the flash No, like, by, by Jerry's been flash. I wanted him to trade up to get, like, Bijan or something. Oh, that would have been some flash. Yeah, would you like that? Flash, I would not have wanted. Nestro would have <laughs> That's fair. Okay, um, I agree. Flash is uh, trading up for number one in Dynasty and getting it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's <laughs> true. Certainly not a bad move. You are the Flash. Jerry Jones of our Dynasty League. <laughs> well, now I have no quarterback. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Mitchell, you got anything, or are we good? Uh, I was going to ask how... Well, first of all, very thorough breakdown, so thank you for that. Um, I was going to ask how how you see the tight end uh, room shaking out as a Jake Ferguson dynasty owner. Um, I was a little bit worried that they spent a second on, on a tight end. So do you think he can still hold on to the starting job or how's that whole situation going to play out? Yeah, I, I, I have Jake, I had Jake Ferguson in dynasty too. Um, yeah, I guess I just had, but I, I had the Christmas space for my draft picks, but, uh, yeah, I was fine with them. I was fine with not picking a tight end. I knew they were really interested in picking tight ends, but I was fine with them not taking one because I wanted to see what Ferguson and Hendershot could do. Because there's a lot of underlying metrics that I mean, Ferguson looked really good last year, so I was kind of ready to roll with him as a tight end one. But the fact that they were this interested in a tight end does kind of lead me to believe that they don't think he can be like the number one tight end for the future. So uh, if I had to guess, I would say that. I mean, they're going to use all three, kind of like they did last year. But if I had to guess, I would say Screenlocker probably ends up being the main one with Ferguson number two. Uh, that's just my take. Because he is more athletic than, than Ferguson is coming out. So I think they probably just see a higher upside in him. He, I'm just going to guess, but is Screenlocker older than Ferguson? He might be. I, mean, Ferguson, I don't think Ferguson was uh, that. Oh, maybe he was. Uh, I'm not sure. But he probably is. He probably yes, is. Yes, he is. He is three go. months older. Ah, wow. Months. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. I don't think Schultz, you know, I don't see Schultz as anything really all that special like, talent-wise. I think we can, these guys can do what he did. A lot of it was just chemistry with Dak. So if one of these guys can develop that, I'm a sleeper. Yeah, I like it. Um, I think that covers everything. Uh, Nestro, we, we appreciate your time. Uh, you 
you know your stuff about your Cowboys players. I will give you that, my friend. Thank you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. on. Yeah, of course. It's always a good time. Um, all right, sir. We'll see you. I will see you later. All right. Go Cowboys. <laughs> I hung up on him before he could say go Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, mid-Cowboys. Cowboy- all right, that is the NFC East. We move on to our final division here in the NFC West. Uh, let's start with the Arizona Cardinals, a team that traded down, then traded back up for Paris Johnson, uh, tackle from Ohio State, BJ Ojolari in the second, edge rusher from LSU, Garrett Williams, corner from Syracuse, Michael Wilson, wide receiver from Stanford, John Gaines, guard from uh, UCLA. Clayton Toon, cornerback from sorry, quarterback from Houston. Uh Owen Papo. Papo. Pap- something like Papo. that. Papo. Yeah. Middle sure. linebacker from Oregon. Uh Keytrail Clark, corner from Louisville, and Dante Stills, defense tackle from West Virginia. Uh they also right before the draft started. We didn't mention this with the Eagles, but they had to swap thirds. Oh, yeah, they did. Because yeah. of a tampering incident with, uh, not at the time, but now head coach Jonathan Gannon. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a big Jonathan Gannon guy. So in order to, uh, you know, drop 30 or so spots to, as a penalty for acquiring him, does not sit well with me. Um, but. Yeah, I guess I'll go first here. I guess what I like about the draft here is that they got Paris Johnson, uh, who I think was my favorite tackle in the draft. They also go with guard later on in the fourth as well. So I I do like that they're addressing the offensive line here, injecting some youth into it. And uh, I think that was a big priority that they needed to address. Let's see, what else? Um... I think I also really like that they got the Texans first round pick next year. Yeah. I think that's going to be huge because although I really like D'Amico Ryans and they've made some, some moves as we discussed last episode, don't think they're going to be anything. I think at worst that pick is like 10. Like, I think it's a guaranteed top 10 pick in my opinion. I don't really see that being any higher. So they could potentially have two top 10 picks, which is really, really good. Um, so, yeah, shout out to, I think they have a first-year GM. I don't remember his name, but he's wheeling and dealing uh, his, in his first draft. So, good for him, I guess. And only other thing I wanted to say is that I'm also surprised they didn't select a running back here. Because, mm. you know, James Conner, he's been pretty productive the, over the past two seasons. But he's getting older. And he hasn't been the most healthy guy over the course of his career. So kind of surprised they didn't bring someone else in. Maybe they could be a Dalvin Cook trader. I don't know. Maybe not if they're a uh, terrible yeah, team. I so I don't think they're going to want to invest in a running back of the same draft class of Connor. Um. I don't have anything else to say other than this team stinks. Yeah, they're not good. Um, their I mean, defense is really, really that, bad. I, yes, yeah, I am just looking at their defense right now. But their offense isn't great, and the defense is just is so bad. 
Yeah. Um, I did. I liked their draft, though. I thought the trade was really good. I mean, we there were rumors that started before the draft that Paris Johnson was their guy. And not only did they get what seemed to be their guy, but they were able to acquire another first-round pick and still get him. Um, so I thought they were big winners in the first round for that reason alone. I loved B.J. Ojolari. I feel like I talked about him at least once or twice, at least on here, I think. Um, just a, a pass rush specialist type of guy. Um, and, I mean, it's clear that they like Gannon kind of get some guys that he probably thought would fit his scheme well. Eric Williams like the corner pick. Um, and then John Gaines was someone that I looked at because I thought the Eagles would maybe consider him to be a, a little bit of a mid-round guy, kind of where he went here. If I'm not mistaken... I think he played like four of the five offensive line positions during his college career or something ridiculous like that. Like just insane versatility and insane uh, athleticism too. Um, so yeah, I mean this, this team is still miles away, especially considering Kyler might not be playing, probably isn't playing a full season this year. Um, the, this team still has a long way to go. That's why the, the DeAndre Hopkins situation is confusing me. Yeah, I don't know why they're committed to him. Like he has Well, and I don't know why he's like committed to them too. Yeah. It seems like, like he's like back on the side of like I want to be here. Like just then to the Chiefs. Yeah, no. It would make perfect sense. Yeah, I don't want to think about that though. I don't either being AFC, but like jeez. <laughs> he's wasting away over there. It's a shame. Yeah, that really is a I mean, a very weird situation just because it seemed like it was a done deal pretty much that he was going to at least go somewhere. But yeah, very interesting. Uh, anything else or you guys want to move on? I think I'm good on him. Yeah, we can move on. They still poopy. Yeah. Great analysis. There we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams. We're going to move on to them. I am not going to read every one of their picks because they had <laughs> 10 picks in the fifth round or later. Like, what the hell are they yeah, doing? They So the, I heard that they had 14 draft picks, and they has, they signed 26 UDFAs. So they ha, they're going to this... They, have 38 they like filled out their entire roster. roster. Yeah. 38 rookies. <laughs> that, is, that is absolutely absurd. Yeah, like they, they, uh, Mitchell, look, you're on our lads. Their whole special teams is rookies. <laughs> Seventh rounders are UDFAs. They're all rookies. (laughs) Oh my gosh, there's so much green here. Look at that, Jack. I I know, I'm looking at it. Wow. I don't even really know their other picks. Uh, Byron Young. I I won't read everyone off. I'll read off some notables. Steve Avila. Don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Guard. He was their second round pick. They got him uh, 36 overall. Byron Young, defensive end from Tennessee. Uh, they get Stenson Bennett in the fourth, which I thought was a little early. thought he was going to go in the sixth or seventh. A little but, early. Uh, don't know how to pronounce this guy's name, but Puka Nakua? Yeah, Puka Nakua, I think, or Puka Nakua. Uh, yeah, wide receiver out of BYU in the fifth. And they get Zach Evans, running back from Ole Miss in the sixth. So I think those are pretty much all the notables there. Um, I mean, again, the Rams are notorious for never having high picks, but they just seem to be obsessed with a bunch of later picks and UDFAs. 
which is a new strategy, I guess. But, I mean, if you have 36 rookies, I feel like one of them has to be somewhat <laughs> contributing, right? 38 rookies. <laughs> you have to think, just, just, based, on, just based on odds. <laughs> I guess we'll start, uh, or I don't know how long we want to talk about the Rams, but we'll, we'll talk about Zach Evans real quick here, because Shref and I were actually talking about him before we hit the record button. Uh, I don't, I don't really like Zach Evans that much. He was like a very high recruit out of high school. And I don't really like how he went to two different places and he got beat out by two different running backs. I mean, granted, both of those running backs are very talented. One was Kendra Miller at TCU, which forced uh, Evans to transfer to Ole Miss. And then he got beat out by Judkins, who is a really, really talented freshman this past year, and he's probably going to be the best running back in college next year. But still, I mean, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. I feel like there's something missing there. I've And that's not just me saying that. I've heard some reports that there may be some work ethic issues with him. Very talented, but again, don't know if he can put it together quite on the field. Um, it is a good situation, though. I'm not super high on Cam Akers because... You know, there was that whole situation with him last year that is he going he was pretty much off the team and then he's like they're like, Oops, never mind, and then he played the second <laughs> half of the season. And he was like like decent for him. <laughs> so I don't know what's up with that. So it's definitely a room where a guy could take it by storm. They kind of need that, but don't know if he's the guy to do it. Uh like I already mentioned, Stetson Ben a little bit early for my taste. Don't really know much about this guard from TCU in the second, but Hey, I mean, I, I never think it's a bad thing when a team addresses the offensive line early. And I mean, I don't believe the Rams have a very good offensive line. So I guess they need all the help they can get. Um, that's pretty much it for my end. Yeah. It, with this many picks, it's hard to like even like comment on it. They just got. <laughs> yeah, my brain kind of hurts. I don't really know yeah, what to even do. They legitimately like just filled out their entire roster. Uh, Steve Veal is good. I. Clearly, based on where he got picked, he was like a fringe first-round guy. Um, a lot of starting experience, if I'm not mistaken, but just a big body at guard that he'll he'll be able to slide right in there. Iron Young, I like that pick in the third. I thought he fell a little bit. Um, I think he's a yeah, he's a little bit smaller, like another pass rush specialist. He's only two fifty. Then Kobe Turner's like your big boy, six two, two eighty eight, just a, a beefy boy up the middle. The Bennett pick, I understand like there's the him and Stafford connection. Um, oh yeah, like, again. Yeah, but like that doesn't excuse the pick. I, yeah, didn't I, did, I was gonna say? Didn't they overlap by a year or two at Georgia? <laughs> probably, <laughs> pretty much, probably. But yeah, like I just, I don't know. It seems like a pointless pick. Like he, I don't know. <laughs> they just brought in Matt Stafford's friend <laughs> in the fourth round, I guess. They, um, they've they've really come a long way from F them picks. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess I mean next we 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 talked about the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. You, you have to think there'll be a possibly another primetime player. Yeah, I want to ask you guys like storyline that's already making sense in my head. On the count of three, I want you to I want everyone to say how many wins they're going to have this year. Is everybody ready? Yep. Yeah. Treff, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Three, two, one. Six, Four. seven. Oh, I went low. All right, that's like a five point five to six average. Uh, five point five. Um, 
if you take off their two best players, how many wins are they going to have? All right, you ready? Count of three. Three, three, two, one. 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 Zero. (laughs) I think they they could legit lose every game in that situation. Like outside of... They can have Stafford. They'll keep Stafford. But let's just say Donald and Cooper Cup are gone. This team is... So bad. Sucks. So bad. <laughs> oh, I, I, I was assuming taking off maybe. St- I know Cup and Donald are their best players, but I took off Stafford and Donald, and just had either who's their or backup. Great. <laughs> oh, Stetson Bennett's their backup right now. So Stetson Bennett. <laughs> it's positionally, I mean, they do. Donald and Cup are like still like they're elite at their position. So I, I'll yeah. count them as their best players. Stafford also yeah. but this team is so bad otherwise they got rid of uh that's why I still think Randy. four is out there like I don't I know I know how good but McVay I don't know I know McVay, McVay. I, I want to believe in McVay because I like McVay but it, I don't know and man. they get so, the card they get the Cardinals twice so that could be two wins maybe it could be I guess but oh man the roster hey I respect it they sold their soul for a Super Bowl I would do the same Oh, I, oh, completely. Completely worth it still. Yeah, just think about if it didn't go their way, though. Oh, yeah, then it's ugly. Very ugly. Okay. Let's see. Um, I guess last thing I'll say on the Rams, though, is like if they did decide to lean into their rebuild again, trade Donald, trade Cooper Cup, have their own first, I mean, we just said it right now. They're either going to win zero or one games. They could definitely get Caleb Williams. Then, then that changes the whole thing. And then if they could maybe get a, they could they, they, they have they a twenty four first. Yeah, I think they have their yeah. own. Yeah, yeah. I think I think this is the year that uh, that they finally get back to having all their own picks again. So if they if they traded Cup for a first, Donald for a first, they could definitely yield first, right? They should. I you'd, yeah, you'd have to think. They'd have three firsts, and then. Assuming they got Caleb Williams, like I don't know. I think you could turn that thing around real quick. You just got to make a couple moves. Is McVeigh there long term? Nah. Oh, well. I mean, if if they if this is the plan, leave. If he was if he was gonna leave, it would have it would have already happened. I feel like. I feel like yeah. After last year, he would have said, "I'm out." He almost did. Almost did. That's what right. I mean. Like that's, I don't think you just decide to come back if you think you're like, oh, I'll just do it one more time. Like he, he had to know coming into it that this might take a little bit before they're back to where he wants to be. Heck, trade trade Matt. St- I mean, I mean that trade Matt Stafford. <laughs> Maybe who knows? I think trade all options all should be on the table for them right now. That was legitimately the worst football team I think I've ever seen in my entire life. If they traded those three players, I can't think of a worse team than that. Yeah, it's tough to think. We went through it the other day. I couldn't name any of the defensive starters side Aaron Donald. You know? I mean, it's it's crazy. Very interesting team. But potentially for the wrong reasons. The very wrong reasons. Okay. We'll move on to the Jordan Seattle. Fuller. A team with a much brighter future than uh, the Rams. Devin Witherspoon. Fifth overall. Little bit surprising, not super surprising, but I, I, I wasn't I wasn't quite expecting it. Uh they go JSN, 
out of Ohio State at 20. Derek Hall, edge rusher from Auburn in the second. Zach Charbonnet, very surprising pick, also in the second. And then from there, um, no one too notable down the rest of the way. They, of course, they got another running back in the seventh, because why not? Yeah. So what do you guys think of the Seahawks here? I mean, I've sung the praises of Smith and Jigba, I think, here before. Devin Witherspoon, I think we all relatively like. I think maybe Shreff, I think, if I'm not mistaken, maybe the highest out of all three of us on him, but I think he's a really good player. Um, and Zach Charbonnet, obviously really detrimental for Ken Walker's fantasy value and Charbonnet's own fantasy value, but Seahawks aren't playing fantasy football. They're playing real football. So that's a really good one-two punch there. Um, I like what the Seahawks did. Really big turnaround. I mean, I thought they were dead in the water this time last year, and now yeah. we're look. They made the they're fresh off a playoff appearance, and I mean, I don't know. I think uh, I'm not expecting big things from them, but at the same time, I think they could be right in a position they were last year. And who knows? I mean, they got a lot of good pieces, so I'm not. Wouldn't surprise me if they're back in playoff contention once again. And I think it was another pretty strong draft out of them, which they seemed to do. Yeah, I like. I, I remember. I, I think if I'm not mistaken, I might have had them as my worst team last year when we did like our record predictions. Um, so, like looking at this draft class, I think we all we all knew after that Russell Wilson trade that we were going to be looking at their draft class this year, and like hope, like this would be kind of the start of what we assumed would maybe be a little more of a rebuild, but so many of their young guys. And then obviously the most important one being Henry Smith, um, not young, but just like stepping up. Uh, this team is in a much different position than I think we predicted them to be in. So, and then they just added to it. Uh, I said like Devon Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez were both two of my favorite players in this class. Um, but uh, so getting him at five, I don't, I don't hate the pick at all. I think everyone thought it was maybe going to be a Jalen Carter or an Ed Rusher spot. It was not. They went Witherspoon. Him and Tariq Woolen is an insane corner duo to think about uh, and very scary as a team that's in the same conference as them. Um, and then you get uh, Smith and Jigba at 20. I think I I thought he was going to be a top 15 guy for sure. He falls all the way to 20. They nab him up. Uh, that's a really interesting trio now with him, Lockett, and DK Metcalf. Uh, Geno Smith has just as, as many weapons as he could possibly ask for. And uh, still a very good offensive line with two young and good uh, offensive tackles that are still getting better. So they, I mean, this is a scary team now. Uh, them and the Niners, I think, are going to be duking it out this season. I, they're assuming Geno Smith continues what he did, and like, I mean, he now is going to get another full off season of work with these guys. Like, I don't see how he really regresses too much. So, I mean, this is a scary. This is a scary team. I think. Uh, agreed. It's a really, really good team on paper. I think uh, this you said with the cornerback duo and the secondary as a whole is really good. The cornerback duo yeah. is like of the league's best. It's got to be. It's it's really good. Um, I like the addition they made inside linebacker, bringing by Bobby Wagner, pairing him with Jordan oh, yeah. Brooks. Um, I still I said in our mock draft. I think I had them as my team, and I drafted two defensive linemen. I drafted Tyree Wilson and uh, Brzee here. They didn't, um, 
I mean, they added some depth in the later rounds. They get Derek Hall to Auburn. Um, I also I like Derek Hall. I think that was a good pick too. Yeah, that's that's solid. They still, I feel like they could use some more to get after the quarterback and to help up front. Um, so these guys pan out. That's really their only weakness, though. They got a good, they got a solid O line. Um, maybe one of the best receiver rooms in the league uh, with DK. JSN and Lockett now. Um and I mean a really, really good dynamic um young running back duo. Charbonnet, I liked a lot as a prospect at a UCLA. I saw a comp of Todd Gurley this game and I liked that a lot. Um and Kenneth Walker was great prospect, had a great rookie year when he was healthy. Um that's gonna be deadly. And Gino, you're gonna keep them afloat and if he plays like he did last year. Um, yeah, in times that we thought would be bleak, the Seahawks are looking uh, quite promising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they always seem to hit on middle round picks too. So um, John Schneider, really good GM. And uh, yeah, hats off to them. They're really surprised. Okay. Everyone Carroll just keeps on meat Carroll just keeps on kicking, doesn't he? Yeah. I can't wait till we go back to the season starts and we pick the games again. And, you know, I can't wait till meet Carroll. Like we pick him and then he disappoints us and then we fade him and he proves us yep. wrong. And just that cycle continues over and over again. Can't wait. Yep. Happens every time. Our final team, the San Francisco 49ers. They didn't have a first. They didn't have a second. They had three thirds, three sevenths, and two fifths and a sixth. Don't know why I went in that order. But, I mean, Jake Moody. (laughs) Why? He's, He's a very good kicker. I'll give him that. He's a very good kicker. He's really good. That doesn't matter. I don't care. I know. I know. I, I agree with you, but he is really good. <laughs> I mean, Jair Brown, safety out of Penn State in the third. All right, sure. I mean, there's really not much going on with these drafts. I don't really know many of these names. Um, But in my opinion, doesn't really matter. 49ers are still top three roster in football. Doesn't matter. They could have had zero picks and still be a top three roster in football right now. What do you guys yeah. think? I don't disagree. I think it I like I this is the one reason why like I'll I always try to be reasonable with my uh with my Eagles takes. I saw people on Twitter that were like coming out and being like the Eagles added, you know, and then listed all the things that they did and then listed the Niners and were like it's clear that that one team is like trying to get better while one is like thinks they're good to go and it's like, "Well, they are. Also they lost. are good to go. Yeah, I know. That's and like they added. They they added Hargrave. Like they're they are good to go. Like that's why I'm like I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rag them for their draft too much. The Moody pick doesn't make any sense to me, but I don't know. Uh, Jair Brown, I actually didn't mind as their first pick. I think he I think he'll fit right in with that defense. But yeah, I more than anything for me, I'm I'm most interested to see what it what that defense looks like post D'Amico Ryan's. Yeah, who do they have now? I don't. Steve I'm, Wilkes, baby. Is that who it is? Yep, I think they'll be fine. 
I, I think they'll be fine. But it, like, I mean, he, I mean, it, it was clear that that D'Amico Ryan's like really commanded uh, that locker room for them. So like, and I'm interested to see what what it looks like. I mean, I know they they're gonna be fine. They're gonna pick right up where they left off. But something I mean, to Steve Wilkes head coach experience and mm-hmm. he led the if Panthers had I don't think had any business being seven and ten last no, year. They did not. Yeah, no, I I I think I think they'll pick right back up where they left off. But you know, losing a coach is always an interesting thing to monitor. Uh, right. The only hole I'm gonna poke, I guess, roster wise, they lose McGlinchey. He wasn't like fantastic, but he was a decent starter. Didn't really replace him. I see here that right tackle they have Colton McKivitz listed. I don't really know who that is. So I mean, I don't know. Maybe I mean the O lines. You got Trent Williams on that left side. Doesn't really matter. I feel like um, yeah, Aaron <laughs> Nick as well. What a mountain of a man that guy is. Um, I mean, I don't know. The, the, yeah, they're still really good. Who did, who did they lose on defense? They lost, they lost, they lost Jimmy Ward. They lost Shahir too, right? What's his yeah. name? Yeah, Aziz. I forget what his Al Shahir. Aziz Ansari. Yeah, that's yeah. Um. I think that's it though pretty much yeah oh they lost mosley too right their corner yeah to the lions the lions so yeah i mean they they didn't i mean they lost some guys but they didn't obviously lose their any of their premier guys so they're still like you said they're, they're still a top three ross in the nfl the only thing they're really monitoring now is just the quarterback situation yeah certainly what if shanahan just like brings number two overall pick sam darnold back out that would be crazy. And what happens? And we're all screwed. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> then they're right back to where they were last year with three quarterbacks. Yeah. Last thing we'll end off with here. What would Jake Moody have to do to justify <laughs> this third round draft price? Justin Tucker, he's got he's gotta be he's gotta be pretty much automatic and he has to be he has to be able to hit from deep. Like it, it's Justin Tucker. That's the like any anything short of making like seven Pro Bowls and three All Pro teams. Probably he, he he's allowed to miss he's allowed to miss one extra point this season. If he misses more than that, he's a bust. That's my that's my official take. He's allowed to miss one extra point this year. Good. Good craziness. Good. All right. Well, that is our draft recap. Um, Probably even longer than the AFC one, if I'm being awesome. honest. I'm checking the time. So, you know, what are we, we talking about? Insight from everyone. Insight. We did. We, the callers were really good. So, shout out to everyone who answered our calls today. We appreciate you. And yeah, we'll um, we'll catch you next time with another episode. The NFL never sleeps, so neither do we. Uh, <laughs> except tonight when I go to bed. Um, schedule release two days as we mentioned at the top of the show can't wait for that see where all the prime time games are for our teams I so actually this you know we the Jake Moody discussion will not be the last thing we talk about outside we have this guys um, how many prime time games will the Steelers get three I was going to say three three I was going to say three I think really you think just three yeah, I'm, so I'm com- thinking now we got more last year I'm I'm very confident it's four or more, and I bet my friend 
uh, that'd be four or more. Because last year we had the Browns, the Dolphins, the Raiders, and Ravens. I feel like Bengals. I feel like Bengals. We had five last this year. Yep. Yeah, it's gonna be four or more. We're more intriguing. I feel like Bengals like and Ravens will will both be primetime games. All right. Well, we shall see in two days. So thank you guys for your contributions. Um, and thank you all for listening. See ya.